Hi there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mania Moments. Uh, before we get into the actual episode, I just wanted to give a quick uh, content warning. Uh, Phoenix and I discuss uh, some serious stuff when it comes to the Chris Benoit situation. Uh, we explain our point of view in that segment, but if that's something that you have no interest in hearing about, uh, it's the fourth match we cover in this episode. So uh, just a little bit of a heads up. Uh, you can skip around it if you need to, or totally skip this episode if that's what you need to do. So uh, please enjoy the episode. Uh, we worked really hard on it. Thank you, guys. 5280 Media What is up everybody? Welcome to Mania Moments with Robbie and Phoenix. I'm Robbie. And he's Phoenix. Hey, that's me. I'm Phoenix. Not not Robbie. I'm the other one. Phoenix. He's Phoenix. I'm Robbie. I'm Phoenix and Robbie. Yeah. I uh, I'm. I thought you were gonna start the show by just playing that saliva song that gets <laughs> featured in this one. And, and gentlemen, good evening. You've seen and seeing is believing. Oh, that is uh, that is like. Just, I think, like, peak, like, WrestleMania, like, basic wrestling song. You know. WrestleMania song <laughs> that has ever graced a WrestleMania before. At this point in the podcast, oh, we have had more saliva songs get played than we have Shawn Michaels single matches. Yeah, it's, it's true. <laughs> we, have, we really have. And uh, that's, I don't know, maybe we should induct saliva into the Hall of Fame. Is that something that <laughs> not Mister WrestleMania? Saliva is the saliva. official band of uh, Mania Moments. With... Yeah, um... although uh, secondary band is Default, who has a song <laughs> in this as well. Yeah, I. Uh, so, th- like this, uh, well, I guess we should say. I mean, you're, you've already seen on the title, but we're going to talk about WrestleMania 23 today. Yes, um, but I want to say before uh, we talk about it that I. This was like, this was 2007. This was like peak me watching WrestleMania or wrestling in general. WrestleMania is like, this is, this is peak me watching every single show every week and stuff. So this is I, the peak of your, like of your being a Mark. Like, <laughs> yes, exactly. Being a, a total child Mark, uh, total, like Cena head all the way. Okay. Like, so you were a big Cena was, fan. Yeah, I was a big Cena fan. So I what, was like, so what's your I wasn't like Cena is my favorite wrestler, but I was like, you know, in I was one of the I was the kids like cheering for Cena while everyone else booed. <laughs> so you're, um, you're you would have been in the audience. You would have been one of the let's go Cena's while all the adults just uh, growl at you. Yeah. Cena sucks. Cena sucks, and I'm like, sorry, I'm. I like Cena. Um, yeah, exactly. I w- this one we'll we'll get into it later, but this one it would have been a little bit tougher for me to to root for somebody. Um, but yes, in general, I was like a big Cena head. So, but oh seven, uh, hold on, answer me this. So you would have been yeah, how, What year in school would you have been in? Oh seven, sixth or seventh grade would have been. Yeah, sixth or seventh grade because I would have been like eleven. Yeah. 
Well, I guess 10 because this was in April or March. Um, so, yeah, it would have been 10. So, were you the kid that had, like, the John Cena, like, notebook? Were you that kind? No, 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 no. So, like, I liked John Cena, but I didn't buy much Cena merch because I still liked, like, Rob Van Dam and uh, DX and Jeff Hardy more. I I had, like, the Jeff Hart, the Hardy Boys, like, chain that I wore. No, um, you didn't. To school. You oh, yeah. The, like, the Hardy Boys necklace, the... Yeah, the Hardy Boys and that goes like the HB and it's like metal and it's like, oh. um, yeah, I had the, I had that, um, which I wore, I didn't wear it every day cause it would like kind of hurt my neck kind of cause it was a little too small, but I wore it like every now and then when I was like, let me be cool and wear a necklace. Um, I and I, I, I can picture it in my head, but it's adult use. So. <laughs> um, I also had like the Rob Van Dam dragon shirt that he wore for the one night stand that just happened. Cause this would have been 2007, the 2006, um, like attire he wore, they made a shirt for it and I had that. So I would have been wearing that to school. Um, that's kind of cool though. That's a good, Oh yeah. Kind of a, that was, that was my favorite shirt for a while when I was a kid. Um, and I think that was maybe it for like the, like the ring, like the school wearing merch, you know, I had a bunch of action figures, obviously I had a Cena figure and yeah. stuff, but I didn't really have like, like Cena wristbands and like shirts and stuff. I mostly stuck, I mostly stuck to like RVD and Jeff Hardy. And I, I want to say I got a, like DX merch later, but I wouldn't have had it in 2007. So. Yeah. That's, that's funny. So it seems like I actually currently have more merch, uh, than you had at the height of your being a mark. <laughs> like <laughs> that's true, but you know, you're you're an adult with a job, so you've got the money to spend on merch. I was fair. a kid getting like ten bucks a week or maybe even less maybe like ten bucks every two weeks and being like, Okay, I'll save up for this or like, hey, it's my birthday. Can I get a Rob Van Dam shirt, please? And that's fair. That's fair. So it it makes sense. I, I have, um, I have what, taste when it comes to my wrestling shirts for the most part. I try yeah. To. You, you also got the correct like intercontinental belt. So, you yes. know, like you're getting the right, the right title belts too. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting stared at cause, um, by my fiance cause she doesn't think any of my wrestling shirts are that good. Except <laughs> she, she probably th- the Becky Lynch one isn't too bad. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like your Becky Lynch one. My Becky Lynch one's pretty good. It's got like a kind of a Kill Bill type theme to it. Like it's... Yeah, I I forgot to say that I did have the, the spinner belt. The So I would that count? I didn't take, I didn't wear it to school and stuff, but I had yeah, like I the... Mean, you would be ridiculous if you wore the spinner belt to school. Yeah, um, but I had, well, I had the WWE spinner belt and my cousin had the the John Cena US title spinner belt, Ooh. which that is like super rare. That is cool. <laughs> they like barely cool. made any of those. That's cool now to think about that he has it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, that was like a little bit of Cena stuff. I also, this was another thing I was going to say. Um, I remember specifically buying this saliva song on itunes because of wrestlemania yeah i remember being like because they showed the video package for it a bunch and i remember being like man that video package is cool and that like 
song like goes so well with it when it goes oh do you want it oh do you need it oh let me hear it and i was like Ladies oh i'm gonna buy that song <laughs> and so then i bought it um and i just listened to it like getting like when i wanted to get hyped on like wrestling or whatever and then eventually i just you know was like actually this doesn't work without wrestling footage so i'm just gonna not listen to this anymore <laughs> I will say the video package at the very end of this WrestleMania that recaps the entire event. Yeah. Goes hard with this. song. That's what, yeah. And they, they would play that a lot and I would always think that it was really cool. And yeah. so I bought the song and then, you know, the song removed from wrestling, not a great song. Yeah. So I didn't listen to it that much afterwards, but, um, that's how, that's how in it I was at this time. Yeah. So props to the, uh, the editor working in like the production truck who was putting together that during yeah, the, whole the whole night. night. <laughs> like, I don't know how he pulled it off. Cause he's even got footage from the main event. And I'm like, wow, he was pulling that quickly. Like, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Uh, production wise. I know they, I know they, they did that. Um, like, I don't know. I guess they would have had to have just finished it. Like, in like after each match or whatever, just keep adding more cuts to it. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, so this, uh, WrestleMania, it's WrestleMania 23. Like we said, took place April 1st, 2007 in Detroit, Michigan at Ford field. Uh, you know, 20 years after WrestleMania three, they returned to, uh, to Detroit. So cool. Good for them. Fits into like the, the theme is like WrestleMania is all grown up, I guess is kind of the, uh, yeah, that's the, the through line or whatever. Yeah, the, I don't know what else you call it. Like the, that, yeah, it's a through line. Yeah. It isn't fully, it's full. It's kind of confusing because I don't know. Is it to imply that like when you're 23, you're all grown up because I, mean, I don't know if I've heard that, that, that much, but 23 is, I mean, it's a lot not for a person, but for like an event, you know? Yeah, no, totally. I get it for an event like like 23 years. That's a lot. That's like, um, like a stable thing, but they also have the packages of like when like, like, pre- like pretending that like kids, they were like John Cena as a kid when they, chose, True. they, they like do a bunch of those every now and then. And so I'm like, is this applying that like the wrestlers are all grown up? Um, because I, mean, I guess they are. You yeah. have to be an adult to participate. Typically, that is true. Unless you're Nicholas. unless you're Dominic, Dominic or Nicholas, <laughs> or Nicholas. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I forgot about Nicholas. Uh, but that being said, uh, did you find the pre-show? I found it on YouTube in a pretty poor quality. I did as well. Um, except I only I only watched the dark match. I didn't watch. Yeah, I could only find. I could only find the dark match. So, okay, I did watch it. Um, I don't have notes on it though. So, like, I I'm just gonna go off of memory mostly. Um, yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't like too long of a match. So I think I remember no, most it of it. Not too long. Uh, pretty good. Uh, you know. Pretty good short match uh, to get things going, to kick it off. Uh, crazy that you get Ric Flair in the dark match. like. Yeah, that's nuts. Like, <laughs> That's just like a legend, like a WWE legend, just yeah. to open it up. 
still holds the recognized, uh, you know, holds the recognized record for most title uh, runs. You know, like, yeah. And he's with Carlito facing, and not to say anything bad about any of these wrestlers, because Chavo Guerrero and Gregory Helms are both fantastic people, and they, you know, are good wrestlers too. Like, they have a lot of fun doing what they do. Yeah. Yeah, so, even Carlitos was a pretty fine wrestler. Yeah, he just he lacked the passion, according to Flair. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, I mean it's it's pretty good. Um, it's a tag team match. Tag team in a tag team lumberjack match. match yeah. Uh, most most of what I noted was uh, most of the lumberjacks are ECW guys or the WWE incarnation of ECW guys, and one of yeah. them is the Miz with a faux hawk. Yeah, that's very early on, Miz. That's like straight out of um, out of the real world. Well, out of real world, Miz. Yeah. I think that's when he was still the like Miz Mazanian was like his. Like I don't even think he just he shorthanded it. So he was still the, Mike Mazanin or what? Yeah, Mike Mazanin, and then eventually just moved to the Miz, like completely. Um, but yeah, he was in it. You got Snitsky, Gene mm. Snitsky was in it. Yeah. Um. You I didn't see Funaki. I was I was trying to think of who I saw. Uh, I didn't see Ryder wasn't in there, but he would have been ECW at the time. Um, yeah, no, he wasn't in it. Um, although, what he's I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to get things. No, he because he what, wasn't an Edgehead anymore. No, it was super crazy there. Maybe my Maybe. ECW knowledge is shit though. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, and this is like the beginning of WWE CW where like, there's not a lot of like known names. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, a lot of household names, a lot of forgettable ones. Oh, um, Shelton Benjamin and, um, his tag partner, uh, the, the like American team or whatever. Mm, the, yeah. They're there. Um, they were there. So good for them. Uh, yeah. Was, uh, like, Hey, everyone gets a WrestleMania moment. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, Carlito looked pretty good during the match. Uh, I will say the crowd didn't really care when Flair wasn't in the ring, though. So yeah. And then, um, coolest moment was uh Ric Flair hitting a bunch of back body drops at his age, which was just yeah, which was very cool. Um, I, I don't uh, they only used the like lumberjack like gimmick once, right? When they threw, um. Gregory Helms and Gene Snitsky caught him and threw him back in or did, or did something else happen? Um, there were a couple times people fell out and like they hit, they landed on their feet and like jumped in before the lumberjacks could like beat him up or throw him back in. Yeah. But nothing like nothing crazy, uh, which is yeah. a shame because it lumberjack matches can be a lot of fun if you get the right people out there. And if you get like, you know, established heels and faces on each side so that like one side, you know, if the heel falls into the face side, they get beat up by all the faces. If the face falls into the heel side, they get, you know, usually, yeah, usually you can do something fun like that. And then, but it seems like, and it was used really well in the old NWA uh, days, like, but it wasn't yeah. ever used as well. By either WCW or WWE, and AEW did a real boring version of it not too long ago that was (laughs) 
not <laughs> so yeah it's it's a weird gimmick match it's kind of for me at least like i would say of the ones that i've like personally seen i could like maybe maybe like count on my hands how many like real good ones that i've mm-hmm. seen but like um they're they're kind of they're not my favorite gimmick match yeah they're one of those dusty roads <clears throat> era like good old fashioned wrestling uh gimmick matches yeah which, yeah yeah which makes it fun as like a throwback but it doesn't always work and uh they attempt to do it twice in this wrestlemania and neither of them really add anything yeah um, I, uh, I, w- the finish was Carlito hitting his move, right? Yeah. Hanging he hits a backstabber on... and gets the pin on Chavo. Uh, on Chavo. Oh, the bet. Uh, and then Carlito also countered, uh, the, he, the finishes, he ch- counters, uh, Chavo trying to hit him with the three amigos, which was cool. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That was cool. Turns it into a backstabber and like, that's, it's a good finish. Uh, good for Carlito. Um, yeah, uh, then we get to the real show. <laughs> like, yeah, it just kind of it 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 just kind of ends with a fart, and then <laughs> yeah, it's it. just like oh, okay, the match is over, and then all grown up. Yeah, I I actually enjoyed it though. I gave it a three three point five out of five for the night. So yeah, I thought it was nice. It you served know. its purpose super well. It just like if it was. If it kicked off like the second hour of Raw, it actually probably would have been really good, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, and I think, um, you know, just having Flair out there was is like already in like already enough to get you to watch, and yeah. then you know all those wrestlers are good, so yeah. it was even though the lumberjack wasn't utilized well, it's still like a pretty decent tag match. Yeah, and then yeah, it serves its purpose. Uh, the people in the <laughs> arena got a little treat. Um, so, I mean, because really, like, this this didn't air anywhere beforehand. Like, this wasn't on Heat or something, you know. They didn't have some free preview kind of thing where this aired. So, like, I think the video we both found was, like, a rip from, like, the uh, VHS or DVD that you could buy later, you know. Yeah. So, Night Of, it was really just kind of a treat for the people that were there in attendance. And then you got a recap package later if you bought it and were not there. So, yeah. So, you know, you're welcome. Uh, Ford field audience yeah. members. <laughs> so then I closed my YouTube tab and went over to the network and, uh, yeah, you get a, a pretty standard WrestleMania video package to start. Then you get, be, it kind, that kind of finishes, and then you get the Mania's All Grown Up package, which shows that they're returning to Detroit. You get footage of Vince welcoming everyone to WrestleMania 3, then it cuts to WrestleMania 23. Kind of a cool concept. Uh, I think by the end we get kind of beat over the head with it. <laughs> um, but it's yeah, it's cool once we get the, you know, Aretha Franklin returns to sing America the Beautiful, which... I yeah. made a Twitter joke about Still sings it well. <laughs> yeah, she does a great job. I made a Twitter joke about the fact that uh, the network labels this as Aretha Franklin sings the national anthem. Yeah, which, I saw that. That was funny. America the Beautiful, good song. I pr- actually prefer it to the Star Spangled Banner as when it comes to America's patriotic songs. But 
but it is not the national still anthem. not the national anthem. Weird to label it that. That or yeah. Vince, maybe in kayfabe, the national anthem is America the Beautiful. <laughs> it's a work. <laughs> um, uh, we got to It's like a. They're gonna introduce like a Francis Scott Key character <laughs> that is like, no, give me my national anthem back. <laughs> this is. That's what it, Vince. It'll it'll be eighty year old Vince takes on Francis Scott Key, uh, loser drops their anthem. It's an anthem match. It literally. Yeah, anthem versus anthem. Wow, an anthem in every I can't corner. Believe we just we just predicted WrestleMania forty three. Oh, I have a I have a predict. I have, I do have a WrestleMania prediction for uh, thirty eight. I I figured it out. Okay, go for so it. Not, not next year's mania, not the not the twenty twenty one WrestleMania, but twenty twenty two's WrestleMania. Your main event will be Randy Orton versus John Cena for a vacant WWE title. The winner breaks Ric Flair's record. That's it. Oh, you're saying that because they just uh, they just matched like right now. So and then Randy Orton lost the belt to so he's he's lost it again. Orton's still Orton's still behind. He's st- uh, he has fourteen runs uh, runs with the belt. He'll get a fifteenth sometime during this Drew McIntyre feud again. He'll get sixteen somewhere else down the line. Lose it, and then, but I, I don't think you can do that all before this mania. I've got a like this WrestleMania prediction. Okay, what's your prediction? I think we're going to get um, a triple tag team ladder match because this is the anniversary of X seven. Oh, we might. Yeah. Didn't we? So I don't know. I don't know who the tag matches will be. Maybe it'll be, um, uh, well, I, I, maybe it'll be a men's match or a women's match. Um, women's match would be kind of cool, but, uh, I just think in some form or another, there will be like a triple, triple tag match. That's a good, that's a good call. Tag ladder match. We were supposed to get 17 or whatever whatever it's at at this point. We were supposed to get one last year, but then the Miz got sick. So only one person from each team was represented. Yeah. We had one Uso. Um, We had one Uso, Kofi Kingston and uh, John Morrison this last year. Yeah, and so, I think they'll try and do it again for um, uh, and maybe they'll try and recreate the like edge spot. Ooh, I don't know. That'd be cool. Yeah. How? Let's get. Let's just bring in uh Edge and Christian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. It'll just kill both of them. Yeah. Neither of them have good <laughs> necks. <laughs> like it. <all. laughs> I mean. They still have, like, they can still get the Hardys. Um, they will just probably die this time because they're that old, and they would still take the hardest hits. Yeah, I was just, I was just talking about Matt and Jeff today, and was like, they'll, they're gonna do one more run together before they both retire. I just don't know if that'll happen in WWE or AEW. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. That's a good point. They have. Or Impact. Maybe they'll just both go back to Impact. That's where, honestly, where Matt did his best work was <laughs> starting yeah. the Broken Saga there. You know. Anyway. Excuse America me? The are you, 
Version one. I'm just Version is version one the best Matt Hardy? Uh no, I think Broken Matt is, but I still like Yeah. The his theme yeah. when he was uh Matt Hardy version one. I can slam a tornado. Sick. Just you need some more matitude in your life, is that what you're saying? I need a lot of matitude. We get matitude. We do um, after after Aretha Franklin. <laughs> yes. Uh, but before that, we get our second WrestleMania video package. Then we get uh, Saliva's Ladies and Gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> uh, Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler introduced the show, as well as JBL and Michael Cole, who I hate and has some very bad facial hair. Yeah. <laughs> it looks real, uh, real dorky, real weird yeah. in this time. <laughs> And then we get Joey Styles and Taz, who are there to represent ECW, and I love them. So, yes, thank you. I was actually gonna because this is the first time we're getting uh, ECW commentators. I love the Joey Styles Taz commentating duo. I Taz think is a great commentator in general. I yeah, he's a good color commentator, and like Joey Styles can he can I think irritate some people with his wild voice at times, but I love it. I think it's yeah. fun. And it makes me laugh every time. And um, I think he's he's really good at like not talking too much, but talking when needed to. Yeah. Um. So yeah, love that he, they were there. Great. Taz is what I will give him. Like anytime I've heard him do commentary, whether it's WWE, whether it's some Impact matches, whether it's uh, his, you know, when he's on commentary in AEW now, he knows his shit. Like he understands how every move works technically. And it will sit there and on commentary, like out of nowhere, I'll be like, yeah, you see how he's putting his hands there that he knows he's going to mess that up. You know, he'll be like, can't get his hands around his neck. He's, there's no way he's going to pull that off. You're like, yeah. Oh wow. Like yeah. he'll call he's, it out. He's great. Cause he's a, he's a good um, teacher too. Like he's just, yeah, he's great. Um, one of the, uh, one of the things that my friend, uh, Jacob and I will always like, uh, jokingly say to like, um, even though we love Taz, we, he will, it's mostly come, it's mostly spawned from like the wrestling video games that have him. Um, but one thing that we always say will be like, Oh, I've been on the other end of that chair shot. Not fun. Let me tell you, like, like a lot of the times he'll just like say how much he's like taken these hits and been like, that hurts. I'm telling you guys or whatever. And he so we'll just like riff that a lot and be like, Oh, I've fallen off a ladder before. And let me tell you guys real, real, real pain. That feels <laughs> great. Uh, so our first match, our opening match of the night of the real pay-per-view is the money in the bank ladder match, which is such a treat <laughs> to start off. Yes. Oh my God. What a, what a stacked lineup for this match. <laughs> and it's eight people. It's like, this was, a jump up from the last, uh, the last two times. This is the third annual one, mm-hmm. and this was the ba- the past two were only six, and this one jumped to eight people, and they're all like really good wrestlers. Yeah, and yeah, so they added in representatives, for, I guess technically from ECW. They had two from each show, or they had two matches uh, for qualifying on each show. Is that my understanding? Yeah, no, you're correct. Yeah, so your participants are. Jeff Hardy, King Booker, uh, Finley, CM Punk, Mr. Kennedy, Matt Hardy, Randy Orton, and Edge. 
what a st- <laughs> like I can't even. Holy shit! What a stacked lineup for Money in the Bank. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. This is like a. This is almost ideal for a Money in the Bank yeah. lineup. I think the only person I would say who is like more like that I would want more in, in a Money in the Bank. I don't know who I'd cut from this, but Jericho is pretty important to like Money in the So like in your ideal Money in the Bank lineup. Like that's, yeah. I mean, I would also throw in Rob Van Dam, but he also just won the last year. So like I get hit and him not being in it. But if we're talking like fantasy booking, I would have it. I'd have him in it, but yeah, like of this eight, I can't complain about any of them. Yeah. Uh, so first, I mean, it's hard to cover this cause there's a lot going on. My notes are crazy. Uh, things starts off, uh, Orton and Mr. Kennedy both go after a ladder first and they start fighting. Uh, and then Finley is the first one to take everyone out on the outside uh, yeah, jumping off the turnbuckle. Yeah, which is great. Edge goes for a quick uh, win, but gets stopped by uh, was it Finley or Matt Hardy? Or I'm trying to see. So yeah, it's uh, Finley because he yeah, Finley takes him out, and then he gets up on the turnbuckle and jumps. Yeah, up. he goes back and stops him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, you get a cool spot with Mr. Kennedy knocking Jeff Hardy off the ladder. Um, I like the step stool. Booker T grabbing the step stool from under yeah. the ring, then getting knocked down by Punk. And then CM Punk just uses the step ladder to like beat everybody else up. Yeah, he uses it as like a little mini chair. I I also really like it, and I'm almost like in favor of it coming back. It, yes. it seemed like there was a lot of cool things you could do with like a little mini step ladder. Well, um, as it's like perfect. a more like, like handheld weapon. And when it comes to stuff that's under the ring, it makes more sense to have a tiny, to have a step ladder under the ring than it does to have like a 10 foot ladder. Just yeah. if, if we're talking about like <laughs> literal weapons to pull out during a match, like, yeah. Also, I mean, if we're expanding it on every, like in, like all match types, it makes more sense than a road sign or like some of the other weird stuff you get. <laughs> yeah. Um, a uh, chained hook as we see later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Mr. Kennedy, he misses a Kenton onto Matt Hardy. Who's like been splayed out on a ladder, but then Jeff Hardy hits him with a Swanton, yeah. is that, which is cool. Yeah, that is that is good. Um, I think it's a, and I think he botches the Kenton a little bit because he looks. It looks like he lands like only his neck on the ladder as opposed to his back. Um, yeah, I think he was supposed to so over. He, I think he was supposed to overshoot it and then he kind of undershot it. Yeah, he was, he was totally. Because, he was supposed to miss it so that the Swanton, so that Jeff Hardy could hit him with a Swanton. But yeah, but then he just kind of undershoots it and hits his neck on it, which is like you know the worst part. Either. Use your back to hit the ladder or don't hit the ladder. Like, yeah. the, you landed the worst part of it. But, yeah, then Jeff hits his swanton um, on Mr. Kennedy. Uh, then the Hardys fight on top Kennedy. of the ladder, which is Yes, which is really great. Good. It was cool seeing them fighting. It, like, um, it uh, felt like heartbreak, but it was also, like, fun being like, oh, uh, even the commentators are building it up at first where they're like, oh, they just keep teaming up, but they'll have to fight at some point, and then... They climb up and they start fighting. It's great. Um, I'm trying to think. 
what else have oh edge hits a gorgeous spear on finley and then proceeds to spear everyone else <laughs> yeah which is just spear after spear after spear yeah uh then you get cm punk using a ladder like a helicopter blade before getting speared yeah he does the i don't know who started that was that bubba ray dudley um i think so that, like does that like spinner ladder thing mm-hmm. yeah cm punk's a little he kind of does it a little sloppily because i don't think he get fully gets it he kind of goes a little bit too slow but yeah that was a good moment i think there's also just so many people in there and if you're not used to doing that with a bunch of people you're like am i gonna hit someone who's not ready to bump <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah yeah uh I will say, uh, this is where I got to, there's too many guys are uh, on commentary because they've got all six commentators. Yeah. There's too um, many of them on commentary, and then all of them are uncomfortable when Taz and JBL start making dick jokes. <laughs> Which, Yeah, and they're just like trying to talk over it, and they're just like, oh, uh, oh, look at that. And they're just like trying to deflect. Uh, then we get to one of my favorite spots, uh, and probably one of the most consequential spots in the whole match, which is uh, Matt Hardy convincing uh, Jeff Hardy to jump off of a, to do a senton off of the massive ladder to put Edge through another ladder that's been laid out between the ring and the announce table. Yeah. It's, it's not a senton, it's just a leg drop, but yes. Is it just um, a leg drop? It's not a swan yeah, it, it, No, it's just a leg drop. Yeah, um, so... Because he lands like... um fully on him yeah uh, so that would be if he does he hit him with his leg or with his butt he he like lands like a like a like leg drop style where he like he lands on his butt but like his his legs spread out like over him so that would be a senton not a swanton but it would be a senton i thought there had to be a flip for a senton i don't think I there, know swanton is like i think is, i thought the difference between a swanton and a senton was the flip uh, I'm gonna look it up real quick. Okay. Um, I thought a sent. I thought a swanton was like a, like a, a specific kind of senton where like you go flat first and then flip over. Oh, maybe. Let's see. A senton splash, also known as a backsplash, is a nor- similar to a normal splash. However, instead of impacting stomach first, the wrestler lands back first across his opponent. So, let's see. So it's like a so it's a little different. Yeah, it to me it looked like an atomic leg drop just because of like he like gets his legs to to spread out. It just he doesn't land like, um, like cutting off the neckline. You know what I'm saying? That's, yeah. To be fair, I will say congrats to us for getting this far into the show without ever having a disagreement like this about what a move is called. Yeah, totally. I Cause mean, I was worried. We definitely have been, we've definitely been calling the right moves since then, at least if we're, this is the first time we've actually like disagreed on it. I w- well, I was just going to say this is the first time, like I was really worried when we started this podcast that, I, that we were going to be disagreeing on what <laughs> things technically were. Yeah, no, just, we, um, yeah, we know our stuff. Good. You know, <laughs> we're good quality podcasters. This is, <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're uh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and give ourselves five stars. Nice. That being said, uh, Jeff Hardy puts Edge through a ladder, and uh, EMTs have to come out and put Edge on a stretcher and take him out. 
Uh, so probably the most consequential moment in the match, really, other than the finish. Like, yeah, great. Yeah. Like, um, also, just that, a huge high spot. Yeah, it's insane. Everyone goes crazy. Um, they got a stretcher edge and Jeff out of there. Um, I uh, I think if they, I mean, it's still like pretty iconic, but I think if they didn't have to stretch them out of there, it would be like one of the, it would be like as big as like the edge spot in, in X seven, because it is just like so sick seeing how like huge of a, a huge of a jump it is. And then just how perfectly lands on edge and how like the ladder cracks and stuff. It's crazy. It is. Yeah. It's an insane spot, Um, which of course I will say means if you get the high spot, (laughs) if you get the high spot in a match in a money in the bank ladder match, uh, you're not getting the briefcase too. So, yeah, sorry, it Jeff. is. I mean, in a way, you you in a way you won the match for the fans, but you did not. You will not be actually winning. Yeah. Um. Uh, I was also going to say that this spot also uh, ends Edge's WrestleMania streak. This yeah, was his first WrestleMania loss, and he doesn't even like. I guess technically lose because he gets stretchered out, but like it's still and it still counts as an L in the column. So it does. Jeff Hardy ends the streak. I, only Jeff Hardy could do it, you know. Only Jeff yeah, Hardy could take course. that kind of heat. Yes. Uh, then we get uh, an RKO to Matt Hardy, an RKO to Finley, uh, an RKO to Mister Kennedy, and then an RKO to Punk off of the ladders. <laughs> Like yeah, just <laughs> similar to like the Edge Spears, yeah. you just get like RKOs over and over, which is you know fun, always fun. Um, trying to think what's and then Randy Orton takes a bookend off of the ladders, uh, from Booker T. Um, which is a good spot too. Good way to change. Yeah, because he re- he reverses the RKO. Mm-hmm. He was gonna be and then he like stops it. I guess he doesn't reverse it. He just kicks out of it. And then, yeah, it sets him up for a bookend. Yeah. And then Booker T almost wins, but he gives up the uh, chance to win the briefcase to save uh, Queen Charmel, who is uh, about to get a twist of fate from Matt Hardy. Which, yeah. <laughs> what a dark heel move. I know. And this is, I mean, M- Matt Hardy during this day, like, kind of flirted with being a heel at times. Like, it wasn't like full-blown it was like he would be like a just not like a clear face but this right this in particular is like very heelish which i'm like oh my gosh to see matt like go for that pretty nuts uh saves so he gets off the ladder and then he still has to take a twist of fate so yeah he still doesn't even defend her like he just gets hit and then it's like oh okay then we see that uh finley is very bloody um but he still manages to, uh, yeah, blood on the top of the head, yeah. which is, which is probably real. Um, then, uh, he still gives a Celtic cross to Matt Hardy onto a ladder, which is a great spot too. Uh, and then of course my favorite point in the match, Hornswoggle is here and he's here to help, but he's too short to help <laughs> Finley. Yeah. Man. And then I I think an underrated spot is Mr. Kennedy's Green Bay plunge on Hornswoggle. Yes. Yes. It is like so good. It's so good. 
Um, it also hits pretty perfectly. Like as, as a move, it's very clean. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just looks so painful to do it on little Hornswoggle. Yeah. I and love Hornswoggle. It's so sad. <laughs> just yeah, he's fun. He's fun in WWE. He's also apparently just a really good guy. Like, so. Oh yeah. That, that's good to know. Yeah. He's, uh, he's currently doing stuff in impact, but he's good friends with, uh, the guys at the major wrestling figure podcast. So, uh, Matt Cardona and Brian Myers, uh, formerly Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. Uh, but no, he, he just seems to be having fun. I think he has a wrestling school or like his own indie promotion in like Wisconsin. So, uh, mm-hmm. good for you. Hornswoggle. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good job. He really, he really, um, like sold the cell on, on this move really well. I thought it was a really good spot. Yeah. And I mean, from what I can see, he's actually a pretty decent wrestler. He just kind of got a lot, you know, because of his size, he gets a lot of the comedy spots in WWE. Yeah, he got so. sports entertained, as yeah. they say. Um, Green Bay Plunge, stupid wrestling name, but you know, I like the move. It's, it was it's crazy in this, and like it looks awesome in this. Like, a, yeah, it looks like sick. Um, and then there's not uh, much else that happens other than CM Punk drop kicks a ladder. Which is good. Yeah, um, that was fun. And, and then, then CM Punk and Mr. Kennedy kind of fight on top of it. Um, uh, Kennedy wins out the, and gets the briefcase. And gets the briefcase. And then definitely cashes it in next year, right? Right? Yeah. Uh, right? So before we get into that, I gave this match a 4.5 stars. It's a great match. I loved it. I love Money in the Bank. Um, yeah, this one is, this one's awesome. Um, and this is, I, this is, I think, so at the time before money in the bank was like a pay-per-view and it was just like a WrestleMania, Mm -hmm. like almost becoming like a rich, like an annual thing until it ends up becoming its own pay-per-view. I think this one, you know, in some sense kind of confirmed that it needed its own pay-per-view because, like this was like they were they basically went three for three like all of yeah. the money in the banks up until this point were all great and yeah I think uh they were like we have to keep doing this but we also can't keep taking up WrestleMania time for this so we're just gonna make it its own pay per view because we can't get rid of this because it's so good yeah it also it's one of those things you realize it started. The idea, Chris Jericho's original idea when he pitched it was to get guys who had nothing to do at WrestleMania involved. And then this just confirmed that it was going to be a spot that, like, big guys wanted. So, like, you can't, you know, if all your best yeah. guys, if, you know, if you if suddenly you've got, you know, Shawn Michaels wanting to participate in the uh, Money in the Bank ladder match and CM Punk and Jericho and Edge, like, well, who's going to go fight in your main event, you know? Yeah. And I mean, in hindsight, it always kind of should have been a pay-per-view because the whole like premise of it is cashing it in by the next WrestleMania. And then, um, it's so it's in its own way. It's basically like a Royal rumble. Um, Oh yeah. In terms of like what the prize is. So like 
it, like it, it makes so much sense for it to be a pay-per-view because like you said, you can get your bigger names. You don't have to waste WrestleMania time. You get kind of like another staple pay-per-view that people want to tune into. Yeah. Um, I was going to, uh, I wanted to ask you if you thought this was the right winner for this match because, because of what um, happens. So I looked into this, I looked into this yes. stuff. Uh, so of course we all know that, uh, if you're unaware, a few weeks later, uh, Edge wins the briefcase off of Mr. Kennedy on an episode of Raw, and then Edge cashes in on The Undertaker just a few weeks later, right? Yes, and it's because of a uh, because of an injury, I believe, that it's Kennedy be- so suffered. So there's two injuries. So there's the, the reason that Edge cashes in so quickly is that The Undertaker had a legitimate injury, uh, and the timing worked out. Uh, Mark Henry was coming back, so that cash in is Mark Henry like slams the Undertaker after a match with Batista, and then uh, Edge comes in and takes advantage and cashes in. But Edge only has the briefcase because of a mix, misdiagnosed triceps tear on Mister Kennedy. So, yeah, he had he had a tear, tear in his triceps. They were like, "Oh, Kennedy's going to be out for like six months," and they're like, "Okay, well." We'll have him drop it to Edge. That'll be what we do. And then a few weeks later, they were like, actually, he's cleared to compete. So they kind of, they it's a whole mess. I feel like according to Mr. Kennedy or Mr. Anderson later on in interviews, he says that uh, he was supposed to cash in at WrestleMania the next year. I kind of would have liked to have seen what happened, but uh, Edge getting it, uh, to fix a undertaker injury works out pretty well. So, yeah, I, I'm a little torn on this because, you know, it's hard to judge this without not know with not knowing what the plan was. Right. Like it's, it's hard for me to say, um, what they should have done because we didn't really even see what they did do, but I look at the contestants they have on it. And I'm not entirely sure that Mr. Kennedy maybe like was the right choice because um, everyone else seems like, like pretty like solid picks and pretty like over with the fans, except for Mr. Kennedy, who at the time, while he was like really popular in term, not, or not really popular. He was really like coming up because he was winning like the U S belt and he was becoming like a known heel and stuff. Um, he was still like, I don't know. I still find him. I still thought he was a weird choice to finish it. I think CM Punk had the fans over. Like he was so over with the fans at that point that maybe he could have won, but he was on ECW and we knew probably Vince, uh, wouldn't want to like give it to an ECW person yet. Yeah. And Um, you know that like, Heyman still wanted CM Punk to have the ECW title too. Like that. Yeah. Um, like there was a so, clear ECW plan for CM Punk, you know? Yeah. So maybe, maybe that's why he didn't get it. Uh, Jeff and edge, I guess they, the plan was for them to just take the hit and not win. But I mean, Jeff Hardy, you know, future WWE champion. I think like, you know, winning money in the bank to get to that point could have made a lot of sense. Um, and you know, then Randy you got Orton, Randy Orton, like he, known known figure. Yeah. I don't know. I King Booker, like Booker T, like 
uh, like already like previously champion could have had like a second run. I'm not too sure what the like if necessarily any of these other people should have won, but I think there's a lot they could have done. And then what ended up happening with like, you know, dropping it to edge and then having edge do like a, a solid, you know, you know, cash in, but not anything like real special because of the real injury is, you know, a little, it's, a, it's, it's not like it's anti full potential, but it, it could have done. It's a mix. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I don't know, but clearly WWE for a while knew not to do that again until this year when Otis just lost his money in the bank briefcase. So, uh, yeah, SMH. Although that may have been writing a wrong, which was that, uh, Vince was really high on Otis at the time. And Otis isn't ready to be a world champion yet. Just, yeah. (laughs) Or just, he's not believable as it yet, which is an issue. Especially yeah. when you're going to keep, I mean, I just don't think he saw the plans for either the WWE championship or the universal championship. Yeah. And Clearly, I guess that's kind of, so. that's kind of what I'm, I also feel about Mr. Kennedy, but I mean, if the plan was for him to cash it in next WrestleMania, I guess maybe he could have been built up and like ready by then. But when he wins at that WrestleMania, it just feels like, um, like weird because it's like, oh, he. I don't think he really is ready yet, you know? Yeah. I mean, you really have – if you're going to have someone cashing in at WrestleMania, it needs to be probably a proven commodity, you know? Seth yeah, Rollins and I don't is the know one if who does it. Like, Yeah, exactly. And Seth Rollins, you know, makes total sense and is like – that is like definitely a proven figure. I don't know if Mr. Kennedy was, but also we didn't get to see him get built up to be one. So yeah. it's kind of hard to tell. Yeah. And I mean, I think he's, I think he's fine without it now. Uh, he's had a great run in TNA. And so yeah. good for him. You know, I don't think he's upset about it anymore. So it's a mixed bag. Uh, but we get, uh, a video package about the premiere of The Condemned, which I did not watch uh, to prep for this episode. So, uh, but they just ah, have the a bunch. Condemned. They have a bunch of people lying about The Condemned being a good movie. Is what? It yeah, is. I don't. Yeah, a lot of people being like, "It's the best movie." Whenever Stone Cold does something, everyone cheers. <laughs> I there was a part where I wanted to punch my screen, my computer screen, I was watching this on, which was, uh, there's a talking heads thing with, uh, triple H where he's like, yeah, when, when Austin says that and it cuts to a clip where Steve Austin in the movie says game on, he's like, I knew that was a reference to me. And you're like, (laughs) you're like, I want to like you. I want to like you Hunter, but sometimes you do this. And I, I just, I hate you. I you know I want to say that I I've seen the condemned but I also can't a hundred percent say so which is in itself like a pretty apt review of the condemned. So are you saying Film Fracas will come back with a WWE Studios uh, season, <laughs> the crossover oh, season? We're watching the Marine. We're watching all the Marines. Uh... See no evil. Uh... <laughs> Fighting with my family, the main Fighting event, the main event which came out on Netflix this year, which is a children's movie that's actually kind of cute. 
Um, yeah. But, wow. What a what a crossover that Carter and Brett will kill us for. <laughs> or and Shannon, Sh- all three of them. Shannon won't kill us. She'll just refuse to answer our texts. Is what it is. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> She's right. To Honestly, do it. of the three of them, Shannon would maybe be the one who would be most down. I think. Um, though I don't think she would be into it. Um, I think Brett and Carter would be the. <laughs> If we it would have we'd have to decide on the group because I think of those two it, they would be the hardest to convince and then it'd be the uh, first season without convincing, convincing for Shannon so it would be uh it would be the last season with Carter it would be the only season with uh Brianna and uh that would be <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that would be it, yeah. <laughs> it would be, uh shout out to Brianna um shout out to everyone we just name dropped. Yeah, Maybe this will be sure. cut out for trade secrets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, um, I'm I'm just kind of stalling because I don't love this next match, and I don't. Which is the well, Great Cully versus wait, wait, Kenny? Oh, are we? Yeah, am I you, skipping? we got we got the the Mr. Kennedy promo that he he does you know, he, he does cuts. do a, a good interview there. I thought it was funny, and I also liked, or I also. <laughs> laughed when his briefcase like tapped the mic like when he was holding it so it just made like a weird like sound and you just had to like very quickly put the briefcase away um i thought that was funny that was good uh but yes we are getting to you know a a a wrestling match for sure uh so it's the great Kali versus kane uh my first note is that slow chemical is actually my favorite kane theme theme unironically it's just it's good i don't know what else to say that's you know that's fair i'll take it Uh, i don't really i i know there's some contention between the cane themes but honestly i don't have i don't know one that i really dislike so i'm pretty i'm fine with that choice slow chemical just has what i think of as the wwe aesthetic even though it's changed so many times but like what i associate in my core memories is like WWE is that that song fits it. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Um so yeah, I mean it's it's a fairly one-sided match to start with. They just show how strong the Great Kali is. Um and he just kind of throws Kane around like a rag doll. Then I'm trying to think of what actually happens in this match. It's not much. It's a lot of, uh, I there's that one spot where Kane like does his turnbuckle hit, like when he jumps off, right? The yeah, I don't know the exact move type, but when he like punch rolls. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just a big spectacle match. You know, it's not leading up to the WrestleMania three homage. Yeah, that's that's all it is. Um, there's. But before that, Kane grabs the chained hook from under the ring, which, why is there a chained hook under the ring? I don't know. This is I maybe also a reference to Kane's movie. Um, oh, too. I didn't realize that. Like, well, because in See No Evil, he uses a chained hook. So I'm like, is that why? Because chained hooks aren't like a common wrestling, uh, wrestling no, they like, aren't. weapon. So maybe they're throwing another homage in there. This year was they were supposed to be promoting WWE Studios the way that uh WrestleMania 13 was supposed to promote the Slammies. 
just <laughs> just really pushing it. And this um, was yeah. two years after WrestleMania goes Hollywood, like the True. wrong wrong year. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I mean, it leads to a slam. Of the Great Kali slams uh, Kane and then pins him with his foot. It's a bad finish. It's kind of a waste of a match. <laughs> Uh, yeah, also, it's just weird that Kane even loses if you're going to do the homage body slam thing. Um, it's all it's it's very boring. And then you do the homage and it's like, oh, this is like when they first did it, except it's worse. And then it's over. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's uh, what it is. Then yeah. Hulk Hogan, also not even the first person to body slam Andre the Giant. No. So it's even, you know. But was he the first one all... to do it on pay-per-view? Uh, Probably. I think he was probably <laughs> the first one to do it on a pay-per-view. Was he the first um, one to do it where it might have killed Andre the Giant? <laughs> uh, yes, that for sure. Um, he was definitely that's just the only... a minor. That's just a minor gripe of things. Um, but... Uh, yeah, this match, you know, boring, forgettable, forgettable. Yeah. But not the worst match of the night, in my opinion. Oh, okay. I, I have this as my worst match of the night, but I've got reasons that other things aren't as bad. Okay. Oh, we're going long. I think we're, we're already going yeah. long. So let's, yeah, we okay, get a very unfortunate <laughs> segment. Just, uh, you know, crime time is, uh. They they try to cheer up Eugene. Eugene was already an unfortunate character. Just yeah, uh, just like double problematic. Yeah. Then there's the dancing, and then May Young and the fabulous Moolah are there, and then everyone starts dancing. It's it's just a weird, bad, unfortunate segment. And of course, rest in peace to Dusty Rhodes, Shad Gaspard, Howard Finkel, and Mean Gene. Who are all the ones I could pick out that are dead now? Ah, <laughs> like, uh, so just yeah, just an unfortunate like five minutes of screen time. Yeah. It's not a not a well aged segment at all by yeah. any means. Especially uh, rest in peace to Shad and uh, Howard Finkel, who both passed away this year. Like, yeah, you know, poor yeah, yeah. rest in peace. My only note for this segment is, I mean, I guess. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> then we get uh, Montel Vontavious Porter in singles action for the WWE United States Championship. <laughs> uh, not much to talk about here. I don't know who he even wrestles against. I could never. Yeah, I could never come uh, up with his name. It's just some nameless uh, jobber type, I believe. Yeah. Um, I don't know how he got the. Was it like a weird joke on like Raw the week before that, like, you know, someone lost it to yeah. a jobber? Yeah, no, okay. It was like the, they they had a U.S. Open challenge. Oh, was that what, was he just a guy from the audience? Just a, <laughs> we just um, we found a kind of jacked guy in Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. But you know, those who know wrestling know who we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. We've I we've mentioned him before just out of like a we don't want to talk about him but we you know, not we don't want to but we're, we weren't it's looking a forward subject. to we weren't looking forward to talking about Chris Benoit uh 
So who is the U.S. champion in this title match? Yes. Um. So we. I don't think I need to explain why Chris Benoit has like kind of a dark stain on all of wrestling, uh, or leaves a dark stain on all of wrestling. That's if you don't know. That's for you to look up. There's or there's a great uh, Vice documentary about it as a part of their Dark Side of the Ring series that I recommend watching. That lays out a lot of details from a lot of different perspectives. Um, that being said, uh, this match also happens only a few months before the incident, uh, his uh, double murder suicide, uh, which of course is a you know a massive tragedy and. Uh, I don't have much else to say on it. I don't think we're going to take any stances on where, if he should be honored, if he should be named, if he needs to be in the hall of fame. I think that's for everyone else to come to their own conclusions about, uh, we're just going to try and if we need to talk about Benoit at any point during the rest of the series, I think we're just going to keep it to his stuff in the ring. Right. Phoenix. Yes, exactly. Um, we are just looking at his matches based on, how like just you know on a reviewed scale of just look watching wrestling and judging that accordingly we're not going to speak on him as a person we're not going to speak on his actions or his person and like his legacy or anything like that they're just looking strictly to the text of wrestlemania um yeah. i think we kind of uh, take... do oh go ahead say what you're oh, i was gonna say we will like while we understand the maybe like causes or the reasons for it not being as uh it being a, as little sympathetic we obviously don't condone anything that Crispin Watt did um we just want to make that clear but we also don't want to exclude talking about his matches from the podcast so we just want to um just kind of talk about this real quick and just say that we're just going to talk about his him as a wrestler in these matches and not anything else regarded uh, Chris Benoit. Yeah. I think the the best way to put it is how uh, the Wrestling Observer, uh, Dave Meltzer, puts it, which is that if he didn't have this stain on his life, we'd be talking about the fact that Chris Benoit was a once-in-a-generation talent. And uh, to exclude that and his the people that he worked with, uh, from our reviews is a disservice to actually evaluating and reviewing the WrestleMania. So uh, we're not going to give him automatic points off or anything like that. We're just going to talk about it like it is, <laughs> you know, we're going to, yeah. we're going to talk and, about the and matches we're... and uh, you know, I also, uh, we're not going to try and like make jokes about it or make, take any like big stands, you know, we're just two idiots on the internet. Not, <laughs> you know, no one, we don't yeah, have any new exactly. takes, you know, about this. Yeah, exactly. Um, and with that being said, let's uh, get into this U.S. title match. Yeah. Uh, super technical start uh, to this match, uh, which is crazy. It's you know, like I don't think of MVP being a super technical savvy wrestler. Not that he can't be. He clearly can be. Like it's, but they lock up. They trade. Uh, they're trading uh, the balance at first doing a lot of good catches catch can wrestling at the beginning uh although mvp does get put in a submission hold pretty quickly so yeah um i 
I really liked the technical wrestling that was yeah, going on. Yeah, it was on. great. I, um, it was very fun to watch. And um, uh, like you like you said, like I mean, Benoit was known for this. Um, MVP, not so much. But I I also think the the commentating team did a good job of showing like expressing how much like he was doing his homework per se because uh, for MVP because he was like playing in a wrestling style that he usually didn't, but it was good, like counter moves to Chris Benoit. Um, yeah. So it kind of added, and I like, think a he does nice, do like, a good fun. job too. Yeah. Yeah. He totally like, like does a good job in like the different counters and the different moves he does. And it's very entertaining to watch, um, which is cool. Cause it's like a, it makes the style and the chemistry that we were going to see, not what we thought, but still a really good product. Yeah. I have a note here literally where I say, Benoit makes MVP look really good in this match. Like, yeah. And I don't um, know if it's... that was the idea because MVP goes on from this later to have a historic run with this specific title. Like, but this match really does set up like why he has that run, you know, like it, it adds some legitimacy to MVP who is kind of, especially at this point, his character is a little bit jokey, I guess, you know, <laughs> Yeah. And, um, it kind of stays like, I mean, he's obviously, you know, as a wrestler, like I like as respected, but his character kind of, uh, will stay jokey at times. Cause I know in the future he get, he does the like face mask thing, um, yeah. that, that Cody Rhodes also did at some point. Um, uh, so like his character's not ever Has really he like, already had his one on one basketball match with Matt Hardy at this point. <laughs> I forgot about that. I don't know. I I don't think so because I thought I I remember him being like the is US that for the U.S. title title though? Yeah, or I'm, it's a part. I don't of know if US... it's for the title, but I think it's I don't know if it's part for of the title. But I think he does have it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Honestly, th- there, an argument can be made that like this is like Benoit like putting MVP over. Oh, it, because... it really is. Like he. Yeah. And it. I mean, it does it sets up uh, him dropping the title to MVP down the line. So yeah, only a little bit down the line. Um, uh, he was gone a yeah. little bit later this year. Yeah. I think my, um, my favorite spot of the night or not of the night of the match was the, um, the super, the superplex reverse roll up. That yes. they do. I've got that, a note about that. That's so good. The, yeah. That was like chef's kiss. Great. I was like, Oh mm-hmm. man, it, it was really exciting. Uh, you know, um, also like that, like MVP is able to power out of a cross face, which is like a really, you know, that's kind of like to borrow from, uh, Michael Cole, that's vintage Benoit, you know, like that's, yeah, like he should be able to hit that on him to lock that in. No problem. And MVP is able to power out, makes him look really good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what I say about this match mostly is that Ben Benoit did a good job of putting MVP over without losing. Cause like MVP looks like a million bucks at the end of this match. And so once he either at backlash or the pay-per-view after that, uh, MVP does get the belt and it totally makes sense. Why? Like, yeah, for sure. Um, all in all, uh, good match. The finish is a flying headbutt from Benoit. Uh, for him to retain. Um, and 
at the same time, I've still seen some better matches out of Benoit, so it's not like incredible, but it's uh, it's worth watching, you know. Yeah, it's definitely a good, like a very good, solid WrestleMania match. Um, but I would agree with you that it's not, um, it's not anything above like any of these, um, any of these wrestlers' like career moments. Maybe MVPs, but um, for Chris Benoit, yeah, he's had he has better matches in his in his career. So uh, I would just leave it as being a very solid mid card match, mid card mm-hmm. WrestleMania match. Uh and I'll, I'll say, you know, if you are looking for a quality Chris Benoit match, but you aren't wanting to, like, totally root for the dude, uh, he's got some tag matches with uh, Kurt Angle that are particularly good from a few years before this um, for the yeah. SmackDown Tag Championships that are really, really yeah. good. So, yeah, uh, check those out. I think No Mercy 2002 is... <laughs> is that is that Edge and Rey Mysterio versus Kurt Angle and Benoit? Yeah, that's like the the um that's the finals of kind that of, tournament for that for those tag titles yeah. being created. Yeah, and it's it's widely seen as like the best tag match ever. Um, it's fantastic. So, if you want if you're if that doesn't excite you seeing the best tag match ever, I don't know what will. Yeah. Uh I gave this match a 3, this one from this WrestleMania, not the tag match. Uh, <laughs> I was like, "Whoa." Um yeah, it, I would agree with that, or mm-hmm. something around there. It's it's very good. It's a very solid match. Yeah. Um, then we get an Undertaker all-grown-up video package, which is... Yeah. I haven't been noting Little the all-grown-up... baby Taker. I haven't been noting all the all-grown-up video packages, but I felt, felt like Taker needed us to get noted there for having one. <laughs> yeah, like, I want to be Undertaker. Uh, <laughs> like... Just yep. looks funny. Uh, then we cut to uh, Donald Trump in the green room with a former Miss Universe, I think, and he's complaining on his phone about how unprofessional the WWE is, and, they, and how he doesn't have food in his room. Yeah, doesn't have enough Diet Cokes. How Joe Biden's stealing the election from him. <laughs> no. uh, he's you complaining know, about that. Might still be happening. It, when this comes out, maybe. Yeah. Uh, uh, then the boogeyman shows up, and uh, I guess Trump tells him to go get him some food. It's it's a weird, dumb segment with a weird, dumb man. Yeah, a very, very stupid uh, future president of the United yeah. States. I mean, it just, if that's how he treats the boogeyman, you know, how, what do you think he's going to do to your family? <laughs> Uh, we should have all seen it coming if he was going to not treat the boogeyman with respect. You act like a fucking fascist in in the WWE when it's a work. How do you think he is in real life? (laughs) Exactly. He had every chance to make himself look good. uh, (laughs) um, We'll get to Trump later. But what we'll get to now is the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Uh, So there's a recap of the night before. Uh, This class of the Hall of Fame is... Pretty good. Um, so the first person inducted is the Sheik. Uh, not the Iron Sheik, the original Sheik, uh, who was inducted by yeah. RVD and Sabu. Uh, then you've got Nick Bockwinkle, uh, who I don't know who he was inducted by. Uh, Mr. Fuji, 
awesome to see Mr. Fuji. He's a huge part of WrestleMania yeah. history. Uh, yeah, that was cool. Jim Ross, who gets inducted by Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, Mr. Perfect, who is uh, passed on at this point, but was inducted by his family, especially by his son, who was a WWE star at the time, or was maybe in development at the time. I, I don't know where he was actually in his career. But. Yeah, I'm not too sure either. And then uh, Jerry the King Lawler, who was inducted by William Shatner for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh. And they even like joke about it, like you know why? Like people are wondering why Shatner is inducting me, and then he makes some joke about Priceline. It's like, yeah, yeah, but but why is he though? I guess they're just friends. I don't. Uh, I think no. I think it was, if I'm remembering correctly, I think they actually had like a wrestling feud at one point. Like, oh, it, that's kind of like cool. Shatner was in was in like a storyline for something, mm. but I don't. Uh, I don't remember exactly what it was, but no, I can, I can look it up. I just don't remember exactly what the storyline details were, but I think they were, um, they were together in a storyline, which is why Shatner's inducting him. Good for them. And then, uh, Dusty, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes inducted by his sons, uh, Dustin Rhodes, uh, AKA gold dust and Cody Rhodes, uh, AKA Cody. Uh, yeah, yeah, and Which then the Wild Samoans. I love Dusty Rhodes getting yeah. inducted. Dusty Rhodes is great. Uh, he did a lot of stuff for the NWA for WCW back in the day. Came back and he trained a whole generation of current WWE stars. Uh, so I mean, people we have today that went through the FCW program before it was changed into NXT. Uh, we have him to thank for them as well. So Seth Rollins, uh, Daniel Bryan was there for a bit. The Bella Twins, like. <laughs> a whole generation that's like killing it now. Uh, yeah. We're trained by dusty roads and we're taught how to do promos by dusty roads. So, and then, uh, the wild Samoans as well. I don't know why they get skipped in the end, uh, in the video package, but they are there and they did get inducted. So yeah, they walk out, um, with everyone else in the, on the stage and which is cool, but also why cut them from the video? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I didn't look too deep into that to see if something, happened at this you know if they were inducted by someone who's like persona non grata anymore you know yeah i mean it's probably just like they wwe doesn't expect people to remember who they are and so they just the ones that people would like of course we all remember average people people. (laughs) yeah i guess that's true maybe not um (laughs) that kind of like disproves it everyone else is pretty like I would say more known than the wild Samoans are. Yeah. Um, but, but they did yeah, just have an appearance should... <laughs> on a pay-per-view. So it's not like their relationship with the WWE is strained or anything, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know why, but that being said, uh, now seems like a good time to take a break before we get into like the back half of this, uh, the last couple matches here. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We will be right back. What up? It's time for The Undertaker versus Batista. Whoa, shit. Sorry, I jumped into that pretty quickly. Uh, Teddy Long's here. <laughs> uh, Teddy Long is, is great. I'm glad that Teddy Long is there to be the ring announcer for the match. Um, Me too. Um, they kind of, they do break the championship comes second rule because Undertaker's entrance is so long that they have to do Batista first. <laughs> 
I was going to say, the um, only time the champion should come out first is when the Undertaker is their opponent. <laughs> it would just be bizarre if they did Undertaker for like the 10 minutes that it takes and then Batista just runs in. The only thing that, uh, the only reason that it also works is that WrestleMania, uh, the Undertaker is the champion, regardless of who holds the belt uh, going in. That's another good point, yeah. So With uh, the streak, it's already kind of intimidating. Yeah, so I don't know. If you if you really think that, uh, if your name is not Brock Lesnar, if you really thought you were going to break the streak, uh, bad news, buddy. Um, <laughs> no, so, I mean, this is not a bad... Um, Undertaker, of course, was the Royal Rumble winner that year and chose to face Batista for the World Heavyweight Championship, the big the big gold belt, instead of the uh, spinner belt, the WWE Championship. So, uh, Yeah, because he's on SmackDown. Yeah, he's on SmackDown. But they made a big deal. Didn't they make a big deal of him going and staring down? He stares down Cena. He stares down... Batista and he stared down Bobby Lashley too on ECW. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I guess because they were like it's an interpromotional event, so yeah, maybe anyone who yeah, and they kind of do it now too. You know, they just did it this last year, uh, not with the uh, men's Drew McIntyre one, and he was immediately in Brock Lesnar town. But uh, Charlotte Flair won the uh, Royal Rumble and. Uh, she ended up challenging for the NXT women's title. So, uh, good mm. for her. Yeah. And they made a big deal out of, uh, she could choose to challenge for any title. So why not challenge for the NXT title? So, uh, that being said, uh, Undertaker chose to, uh, challenge Batista for the world heavyweight championship. Um, it's a pretty good Undertaker entrance, uh, Honestly, it's it's a good one. Oh yeah, this is a great it's a great taker entrance. Yeah. Um, Go ahead and describe it for us, Phoenix. Uh, if so, it's so great, take tell it. me your five favorite things. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, one the lights, two his uh his lightning entrance, three his uniform or ring attire. His uniform. Um, I know. Right? Uh, the the torches and then also the smoke. Yeah. Bam. The, the torches are really good. Yeah, it's really just the torches that are like that sell it the most. But I, it was the fourth thing I thought of. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. No, it's, it's good. It's good Undertaker entrance. Uh, Batista does uh come out swinging though. He almost immediately spears and takes down the Undertaker, and the crowd yeah, hates which him is for a, it. Yeah. It's. They even, I think they even note that, like, you know, he gets love, but, like, against Undertaker, you ain't getting love for it. Yeah, you... People want Undertaker to win. Yeah, there's... Uh... Oh, I we mean, also quickly skipped over the uh, AT&T uh, text in your p- prediction of who's going to win the match. And, like, no one did. thought that Batista was going to end the streak. <laughs> It was almost, it was, I don't remember exactly, but it was like a 90 10 split or something where it was like, yeah, everyone knows Undertaker's going to win this. Yeah. Uh, but it's good. It's, it's, it's a standard, pretty standard Undertaker match, honestly, especially at this era. Uh, Undertaker, he does the greatest hits and 
everyone pops, you know, he hits old school and the crowd goes wild, uh, you know. And then, of course, because it's WrestleMania, you know, Batista's got a power out of a choke slam. There's just... Yeah. There's a, one spot on the apron that is crazy. That is so, so good. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you... Yeah. And then also... Um, I, I do want have a note real quick before mm-hmm. we... It, this was early in the match, but my note says verbatim, Batista doing... Uh, a shoulder press off the turnbuckle made Michael Cole come because <laughs> it did. There's there's like a very basic turnbuckle jump, and then Michael Cole's like, "Batista jumped off the." T- I've never seen I've never seen Batista jump off the. Oh my god, he's pulling all the stuff, and I'm like, he just did a very basic like press move. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was. Yeah, he should have freaked was out. My, when the Undertaker hits a tope suicida, and <laughs> yeah, that was nuts. Like, the, um, you're like, you, you just you have to be a big guy if you're going to take the Undertaker doing a suicide dive, right? Like, oh yeah, you gotta be a big muscular dude. So, um, I guess it's a have, good thing Batista was there. Oh yeah, then they have the uh, uh. Then they have the I, well, it's later on in the match, but they go to the the announce table, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Batista slams Taker through the announce table. Uh, I don't have a ton of notes on this. I just have some spots I liked. Uh, Batista kicks out of the last ride, which is impressive. Then uh, I think he gives uh, does a spinebuster. Someone does a spinebuster because my notes just who doesn't love a, a good spinebuster, which is true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, probably Batista, right? Yeah, I would think so. Uh, Batista kicks out of another choke slam. Taker kicks out of a Batista bomb. Uh, Taker counters the, uh, second Batista bomb. And, uh, I think this is that when he, does he counter it into a tombstone pile driver? And, uh, Taker um. wins the belt. Yeah, because that's after the choke slam, right? Yeah, yeah. Then yeah, it would be after that. That would be the the turn. Um, and then he wins off of the the pile driver. Yeah, uh, it's. I mean, I say this like I didn't enjoy the match. I actually gave it a four out of five. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, but there was watching the match. There was no way Batista had a chance of winning this thing. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I think it's similar to sort of how, what we said about like the Benoit match, which was like. Uh, this is a great match, but if we look at it like in terms of Undertaker matches, um, especially in terms kind of Undertaker WrestleMania matches, yeah, that's what kind of makes it like feel not as big important, but it's still like a great match, and yeah. like I think we definitely had like a lot of fun watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, the the dive the dive over the ropes that um, for Taker is probably the big, the best spot, I would say. I totally agree. And other than like the fact that Batista, there was no way Batista was going to be the guy to end the streak. Uh, we all knew that we were going to get a recreation of 10 years earlier, uh, the undertaker with the championship belt and the, you know, it's we're 10. It's the 10th anniversary of undertaker with the belt at the end of WrestleMania 13, uh, doing the pose in the middle of the ring. You're clearly going to get that again. Like, <laughs> Yeah, for sure. 
uh, not that it's bad. It just it's true, is what it is. Uh, yeah. Good for them. Good good job. Four out of five. Uh, next, we get an unhinged segment with Vincent, Stephanie McMahon, and a baby. That yeah. all I can describe <laughs> it is as unhinged. It's just yeah. loose from reality. No. Yeah. It, it makes zero the, sense. Yeah. It's the times when you watch wrestling and you're just like, especially WWE wrestling, and you're just like, oh, God, this is... This is where I uh, I feel like weird watching it. Yeah, you watch it and you're like, oh, I get why people don't like this. <laughs> yeah, because this is this is what they think it all is. Yeah, and it's not. <laughs> but sometimes um, it can be. Yeah, and that's you know still a problem. Uh, but we then get uh, the ECW originals versus the ECW new breed. Uh, all right, let's give it a hand for the WWE CW. It gave us some good people. There's nothing inherently wrong with it. ECW was a to call it ECW mm. is dumb. Is that's the issue? Is they said? Is, yeah, I mean, absolutely. We clearly know that putting the WWE developmental people on cable TV works. It's it's working for NXT right now. Like. Yeah, I mean, I would say, like, I think the the legacy, I mean, I think the way people view WWE CW now is a little bit softer because it felt like NXT before NXT, but I would still say it's like a pretty big failure just because they give it the ECW name, yeah, they market a- it as like a reboot of ECW at first, and then it very, very quickly falls into not that, and then more just like a developmental brand. Yeah. I mean, the issue is it was Paul Heyman and Shane McMahon's project at first, and then very quickly they got mad at each other and both left the project, and WWE was left with, well, the Sci-Fi Channel says they want a show. (laughs) Like, what? Yeah. You can't both just get mad at each other and storm off. (laughs) Yeah. Fine, we're just putting developmental wrestlers on sci-fi. Like, yep. Um, but for this match, you know, we got the ECW originals: Rob Van Dam, Sabu, Sandman, uh, Tommy, Tommy Dreamer. Dreamer. Love me some Tommy and, Dreamer. Big fan. Yeah, for sure. And then with the new breed, you've got Elijah Burke, Kevin Thorne, Marcus Corvon, and Matt Stryker. Uh, Matt Stryker, the only one to really have a career after this. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is a, and this is like a, like who's who of a team of a stable. Uh, I remember, I remember these people, but I will say that it took me like seeing them walk out before I actually could remember who they were. And when yeah. I saw the on paper, I was like, Oh, I don't know these wrestlers. Um, except Matt Stryker. Yeah. Um, Kevin Thorne, his gimmick was that he was a vampire. Yeah. We'll just, you know, let that set in. <laughs> Which, I think I have a note here that, yeah, uh, like I said, Kevin Thorne's gimmick seems destined to fail at this time. (laughs) It was like, oh, we're on sci-fi? Okay, let's uh, throw in something weird like a vampire wrestler, because you gotta get 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 the sci-fi crowd. You have to get someone who will commit to being a vampire. You need Gangrel, (laughs) like... 
yeah. it can work if you're willing to like have someone commit to it, but yeah, like it, I mean, yeah, it would it would need like a yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, but Kevin Thorne was clearly given it and told, "Look, when we call you up to SmackDown in a couple of years, you'll just be a wrestler. Like, don't don't worry too much about what we're giving you now. None of this is gonna matter." And so he clearly didn't care. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Matt Stryker is the only one who still has a real career after this, other than uh, RVD and Tommy Dreamer and Sabu and Sandman, who all still make regular appearances on. Yeah. And <laughs> like, yeah. It's definitely like people we know and then like a forgettable cast. Because, yeah. I mean, Matt Stryker, uh, no offense to him, but even at his peak was not very big. Yeah. Um, uh, I will say the first, my first note of this match is it's not an extreme rules match. So it's already bad. Yeah. If you're going to do an ECW match, the first ECW match in WrestleMania and it's uh, just a regular wrestling match. Doesn't yeah, make I sense. I don't know why that was, that happened. I assumed at first it was an extreme rules match. I just was assuming because it should have been. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anything. Let's. My only other like big note here is, I've got yeah. Uh, the new breed looks actually pretty good. Uh, I know that they go on later to be a bigger deal in ECW. Like, does CM Punk become like their leader or something like that? Like, they work out the uh, kinks later. Like, seemingly. yeah, they become they become more stronger. I know they do like a they do a rematch of this at the next pay-per-view and the new breed does win. Mm. So then like they pick up steam as being like a legitimate stable in the ECW team after that. Um, and then also the ECW originals, like wrestlers kind of fade away. Cause some of them leave and uh, yeah, they were all signed to short term like, contracts with WWE. Yeah. So then the new breed kind of becomes like the big name for, or like, the, those wrestlers become kind of like the big names on that brand until like Kurt Angle shows up and, um, and you know, CM Punk gets bigger and Lashley is like there. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I have here just, uh, RVD is so badass. I don't know why I said that, I, but it's true. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I love his like rising sun art, like, like singlet that he has. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. Um, he, oh, he does do yeah. the, the fake out frog splash over striker and then into the kick into Kevin Thorne, which is pretty great. Yeah, that was sick. Um, the crowd seemed pretty checked out until he was tagged in. I thought, yeah, it seemed like as soon as he tagged in, the audience got into it. Then, uh, Tommy dreamer comes in, hits some DDTs, uh, which would, which would have been better if he had been hitting them onto thumbtacks and an extreme <laughs> yeah. rules match. Yeah, because Sandman that's what got Tommy, his like, that's what yeah, Tommy or if Sandman had his like legitimate, um, uh, like wooden, uh, two by four that he always has, his like iconic two by four move. Or, or not, sorry, not two by four, the sugar cane. Um, yeah, someone had like, um, a cane I was or of Jim Duggan. <laughs> yeah, some kendo sticks, some canes. Like, yeah, Sabu tables. Like, we could, we could do a lot of cool stuff here, but yeah, and this is not, um, <laughs> This is a match where you do get a lot of Taz doing his bit. His, I've been on the other end of that. Yeah. Because he has a, for all of these guys. <laughs> for, yeah, these are the people that he wrestled. Um, 
I, I think he does. Uh, he, I think he puts over uh, Sabu on commentary, which is great because of their fantastic rivalry over his uh, FTW belt. So yeah, um, that good was little callback. That was a very good time. Um, I w- I think uh, Matt Stryker had a pretty solid sell on RVD's monkey flip. Yeah. Um, I thought he had like a. I thought that was a pretty good move, pretty good spot. But all um, all, overall, you know, it's a short match. RVD um, does the frog splash finish to win it for the originals. Uh, I um, give it a two point five because it wasn't very extreme. I would agree with that. Um, too short, not very extreme. It's short and it's okay. Um, you know what are you gonna do? That's WWE CW for you. Yep. Uh, then we get the best all grown up promo so far, which is Steve Austin's. <laughs> yes. With a kid doing the beer hit and pouring it all over him with two cartons of milk. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I can't hate those. Yeah. The, those video package are fun. Yeah. Then we get an ad for WrestleMania 24. Then we get the most 2000s video package ever to hype up the Battle of the Billionaires. It's <laughs> <laughs> money, 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 money. It's that. It's got like an uh, an e news or extra type feel to it because it's got the interviews yeah. of like various celebrities and wrestlers saying who they want to get their head shaved. Uh, and. Uh, then I have here, The Rock is, according to his interview, The Rock is on Trump's side, and it only took him 14 years to decide to endorse Trump's opponent. <laughs> that so. is uh, insane. Um, real quick, we should probably go over what the Battle of the Billionaires is for those um, first so listeners. two fascists so. chose two men of color <laughs> to fight in a ring uh, for uh-huh. their entertainment. Yeah, and the other one loses hair because of and because a bald man will shave his head. Yes, that, I think that explains it. Yep, that wraps everything up. I think it's fair to call them both fascists, right? Oh yeah, totally. One one very prominent, huge one, and then one not as prominent but equally as uh, harsh to uh, its. Workers. Yeah, maybe just fired someone for wanting to unionize. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Which you can't, can't get in say, trouble can't get in trouble but... for because uh they weren't employees to begin with. <laughs> yeah. Uh gotta love this. To be fair, uh, I think the timeline <laughs> To be fair to the WWE there, I think Zelina Vega knew she was getting fired before she tweeted that. <laughs> not that the tweeting not that the tweet was the cause of her firing. <laughs> No, yeah, but it's it was it's still like probably worker stuff. It's probably like because of her Twitch channel and stuff. Yeah, she's she de- um, she definitely started an OnlyFans for her cosplay stuff like last week too. So yeah, so it's likely still a workers thing. Oh, it one hundred percent is. And uh, yeah, apparently Andrew Yang is going to be the savior. Apparently, <laughs> have you seen that? <laughs> Uh, I have seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Yang's been involving himself since the beginning of this debacle. And now he might actually get like a labor secretary role. So like, maybe he will like, wow. Yang gang rise up. Like if he ends up in the cabinet and takes on the WWE, 
what a weird chapter to add to this story. <laughs> no, so uh, honestly, the- honestly, we deserve it. Twenty twenty one deserves uh, Yang going after the WWE. Yeah, uh, I do. I do have notes here that because uh, I don't know what the like real setup for this match is, other than just like Trump showed up and kind of insulted Vince, I guess, and then dropped a bunch of money on people. Where I do have the note. Trump paid more money to a random raw audience than he paid in taxes. Uh, assuming in kayfabe that was that it wasn't just kayfabe his money; not, it was actually uh, his cash he dropped uh, over that raw crowd. Yeah, uh, I remember this feud perfectly because yeah, okay, again, the, this was it, this was when I was watching. Um, give me those so story right. beats. Why did this happen? Yeah, <laughs> so. You're right. There was a raw where uh, Vince was, you know, stroking his own ego about how successful wrestling is and um, how successful of a show it was. And there was even um, he even brings up the fact that raw got more ratings than the latest apprentice episode. And then another episode of raw later, Trump shows up, talks about how much better uh, he, how much richer he is and how much better his show is and rains money onto the crowd at Raw. A side note, neither of their shows were doing particularly great compared to their <laughs> earlier seasons and success. <laughs> yes, of course. That also cannot be denied. Um, so this isn't attitude, then, you this know, isn't the attitude Era numbers, Vince. This is, you know, it's not today's numbers, which are bad for Raw, but like it's... Yeah, it it's still like a decline, so you shouldn't brag about it. Yeah. Um And the Apprentice uh, then, was never you know, that popular, let's be very clear. <laughs> yeah. Then of course, as they do, they they uh you know, set up a like a, a wager of having them go against each other. Um they they also made fun of each of each other's hair both times. So then if, like w- once they set up the wager of I'm going to pick a wrestler, you pick a wrestler and the loser loses gets their head shaved. That's like the first start of it. Then they uh Vince has like this I uh contest or like these group of matches to kind of see who he wants to pick and then he ends up going with Umaga who's a clear heel at the time. Um because they're trying to pick him as the heel of this battle <laughs> of billionaires because you know damn it you you gotta you gotta really push to villainize a billionaire they're not like very easily villainized um uh so he picks umaga and then a few weeks down the line um trump decides to pick bobby lashley from ecw who is the current ecw champion um then uh a couple times uh when vince has umaga out bobby lashley runs in to like storm and beat him up and then another time, uh, Bobby Lashley was up on Raw, and then Umaga and Vince and Shane came out and like attacked him. And there was one point where they had to like have security break him apart. So then they said, "Well, this match is going to be too chaotic for what's going to happen. So we need like a oh, someone who can handle both of these people." And then that's when Stone Cold gets selected to be the ref, nice, um, nice. Uh, the guest referee. And then that's the match. Yeah. Oh, I don't have the. I'm gonna say that would be a great point to put in the glass shatter. <laughs> Someone yeah. needs to come control the camera. Uh, 
background. Yeah, I mean, watch that episode when they were like, we have the perfect guest referee for someone to handle these egos, and then the glass shatter happens with Stone Cold. That was like, I exploded as a kid when I saw Huge. that. I was like, I oh imagine. my god, that's incredible. Like, it was, it was a very fun moment. On paper, this is a great idea. It's sullied by the fact that uh, Donald Trump sucks. And hindsight, yes. Yes, I also think that these were the wrong. These there, it was supposed to be different wrestlers too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'm kind of shocked that like they didn't do a whole like Vince picking Triple H kind of thing. But Triple um, H was hurt, and then making it a yeah. So I'm wondering. I think maybe it could have been Triple H was like at this time maybe supposed to be one of the wrestlers. I don't know, um, or maybe Trump picks Triple H. I don't know. Um, Lashley is a good choice, though, because this was a part of his call-up from ECW to Raw. Like, this... Yeah, Lashley is a great choice. Vince picking Umaga, I think, is weird, but also, Umaga was big at the time, so it's not like the... It's not like that weird, I guess. It's just weird that Vince, as a person, would pick Umaga. Um, But, yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I don't, and I don't know if he would have picked Triple H because Triple H was also doing DX at the time, which is you know the anti-authority thing. But maybe true. Yeah, that's a good point as well. I don't know. I want to say I'm not certain, but I want to say that these were not the first wrestlers they were going to go with, and then something happened to where they're like, okay, we'll go with Umaga and Lashley. Yeah, I feel like Lashley may have been third choice, and then it was like, okay, well we slot Lashley in here where we can and then like umaga was yeah. out of left field because <laughs> it feels out of left field uh, it does feel out of left field um but yeah you know it's a solid story it's fun it's funny uh it sucks that trump is in it because trump sucks but like on paper it's you know fun i mean i like to think that a person only really gets two big wins in their life ever you know uh so like Trump had the 2016 election and this like <laughs> clearly, clearly his second one, you didn't get one this year. So uh, fuck it. That's true. That's a good point. All right. And that's why we should say this is, that's why we picked this because Trump lost the election. So we went with we, this you know, WrestleMania we felt that and we Trump can finally talk about it. We felt that Trump needed a win, right? We just, we, yeah, we he, felt bad he, for he, it. He, yeah, we're like, oh, you didn't get your November win. Well, we'll we'll talk about that time you won one point by no, you know, by paying a black man to do your business for you. Yeah, on a scripted show. Fuck you. Fuck that. Fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Uh, but let's get into the match. Yeah. Uh, um. So the barber chair gets its own entrance, which is hilarious. Justice. Hilarious. Uh, I, I I fully laughed at that part. <laughs> yes. Uh, Vince shows up and the crowd is clearly being muted for during their booing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Umaga comes out. He's the Intercontinental Champion at the time, which is cool. Uh, you know, it would have been better to get an Intercontinental title defense, but whatever. Yeah, uh, I guess not. So Umaga has McMahon and uh, Armando Alejandro Estrada in his corner. So cool, real, you know, heavy hitter there, Armando Alejandro Estrada. 
right? Yeah. Big, well-remembered manager. <laughs> yeah. We all, uh, we, we know what he went on to do after this. He, uh, yeah. Uh, I just didn't have anything to fill the silence. So. That's good. That's good. Um, um yeah, I, I have a, a note here that says it feels weird to see Donald Trump as like the caricature billionaire character that he was like in the two thousands. Like anytime you see him stuff from him back then, a, he was just more coherent back then than he is now which is not a good sign for him. Yeah. And like, we just also know how willing he was to accept his role as like a fascist that it's like, Oh, it just feels uncomfortable. Like it's, it's hard to watch, you know? Yeah, no, totally. Which is why I think we only felt safe about it after the election Yeah, because it would have been even weirder to be like still in this hell. Yes. Um, it's and see and having that feeling. Uh, Jerry Lawler at one point says about Trump, he's so rich he has a Persian rug made of actual Persians, and uh, I I wanted to barf. Yeah, that's a gross joke. I thought the I also quoted one of the jokes, but this one was I thought not gross and actually funny when Jr. says, "I think Donald Trump's hair is one of the most unique mysteries of mankind." <laughs> um. It is. That's how feel- you do a joke, Jerry Lawler. Also, it feels weird to joke about that shit now because we know what happens. Like, yeah, no, totally. Again, it feels so not trivial enough that this is hard to talk about. And like going back, like it's it's easier to strip like Chris Benoit matches of the horrible stuff that he did than it is to strip this one Donald Trump match because. Like, there's at least some, like, you know, issues we know that Chris Benoit had that, you know, this, we just know the man's a fascist. Like, <laughs> there's yeah, just no. It's, it's weird to see him celebrated. It's weird yeah. when he walks out and to see fans cheering for him, to see signs for him. Like, living in the time we do now, it is, it sucks to watch this. Yeah. Uh, so. If you're wondering why we stripped context from that one, but we can't stop, there's just no way, like, it's, I can't accept the cog- cognitive dissonance to, like, strip this of any context. <laughs> there's just no yeah. way to do it. It's too hard. We're living through it right now. There's no, yeah. Uh, the real reason we all came here, Stone Cold arrives. Um, I do, so, in the match, we get into the actual match. Some things I like, uh, Austin won't actually DQ somebody for going over a five count. He's just going to like beat you up. Yeah. Great. That, that was great. Uh, he does. He later on in the match. He also like, he doesn't do a 10 count when they're both down. He's like, there's no count outs. In this. I'm not calling a count out in this match. Like, yeah. Also excellent. Austin's like, someone's getting their fucking head shaved. So yeah, because it's again like what happens if it's a no can? No one does. Like, come on, we we paid money, and so yeah. Stone Cold's like, nope, someone's winning this match. Yeah, uh, love yeah, love the like yeah, he, he chops Umaga on the back to like break a hold, pulls his hair to break it. Like, there's just so much that goes on. There's 
Uh, biggest spot I can think of, there's like a Samoan drop that's insane that uh, Umaga does that's crazy. Yeah. Also, that one's good. I also, there was a pretty good like Lashley clothesline where like Umaga mm-hmm. does like a whole flip afterwards. That was yes. pretty solid. Here's what I will say. The reason it's hard to strip the context is because I watch this with knowing the context of later on and I'm rooting for Vince, which is like worse. <laughs> Some like, yeah, I, exactly. I just historically, I know the, how it is. It ruins the story entirely. Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't want to, there's no way you can get me to, you know? And I like Bobby Lashley. Like there's like, it would take yeah. a lot. Like, you know, if he had just been a bad president, you know, like a, like just a normal bad president, I might be like, oh, well, I can root for Bobby Lashley, but like he was so much worse. <laughs> so, yeah, there's just, there, it's hard to explain. I, I think this is, this episode will no, age poorly I, for us because it's hard to explain the feelings, but it's, no, I mean, yeah, it'll, people, it'll be, listen to strange but i mean i think we've explained it well it's yeah. just it it's impossible to be in the situation we are and to see a victory from this person and a lot of praise for this person because we know how truly terrible he is and how the stuff he's done will uh can some some of it will like forever not be changed or will take a really long time to undo so mm-hmm. Uh, so Shane McMahon shows up. There's there's a lot of stuff, but I'm just gonna hit like the highlights because we're already going long again. Uh, yeah, Shane coast shows up, coast. hits a coast to coast. I pop for the coast to coast because I I want um, I want Lashley to lose <laughs> at this point. But also <laughs> yeah. the coast to coast is good. I always love coast to coast. Yeah, coast to coast is always fun to see. And then a great <laughs> moment, Shane starts unbuttoning his shirt, and you're like, "What's going?" And you're like, "Oh, he has a ref shirt on underneath." <laughs> And it's it's perfect because uh, Stone Cold is out. He got took a Samoan spike and rolled out of the ring. Uh, so Shane has a ref shirt on. Stone Cold pulls Shane out. Uh, I do note here: uh, Trump's very disinterested on the outside of the ring that that he like isn't reacting properly, and then like he just walks over and does a shitty clothesline when he's supposed to. Yeah, it's which, bad. <laughs> It's bad to begin with, but, like, just noting that, like, he literally is just, like, I don't know if he has someone in his ear or if there was a PA or something that was supposed to, like, tap him and tell him when it was time for him to go over. Because he's, like, half-heartedly being, like, ah, oh, come on, Bobby. Bobby, ah, oh, hit him harder. Pin him. <laughs> the whole match. And then he yeah. walks over nonchalantly, takes, like, three steps, and then does a bad clothesline <laughs> and starts half-heartedly hitting Vince. Like, yeah, what? it's embarrassing. <laughs> uh, then, uh, we get to the finish of the match, which is that, uh, everything starts getting so chaotic that eventually, uh, Stone Cold, who's so mad that Vince and his team have tried to interfere, that he just straight up gives Umaga a stunner <laughs> and then Lashley spears him and gets the pin. Uh, yeah, and I will say they ring the bell before Stone Cold finishes the count. I I caught that and was like, "Oh, that was too early. You messed up." But yes, that was the finish. Yeah, I was. I think I was writing my note about the 
clothesline and trying to word it correctly that I even missed like the timing on it. I had to, to do a ten second rewind and yeah. Uh, then they're gonna shave Vince's head. They pull out the chair. Shane tries to stop them from sh- from shaving Vince's head. Shane eats a stunner. Lashley brings Vince into the ring because he's rolled out. Then uh, Vince takes a stunner and gets strapped to the chair. Uh, then Vince McMahon's hair comes out very, very quickly. Almost like it was gimmicked. <laughs> like, I don't know how they would have done it. Yeah. Like, how it would have been shaved that fast. But Yeah, I don't know how they... It does. I don't know if how they could have pre-shaved it, but also I don't know how it could come out that fast and that like close. Like it, maybe yeah, he just has tell you. a bad scalp. I don't know. <laughs> um, but like usually, if you go watch some other like hair for hair matches, because it's a pretty, it's a fairly common thing in wrestling. Yeah, if people try to like shave somebody's head that much, like that quickly. Usually their head's, like, covered in little nicks and stuff by the end. Like, there's just... Because you'll watch, like, some particularly brutal ones, and guys end up bleeding at the end because they try to take their hair off as quickly as they did here. Like... Yeah. I don't know how they Um, made it work. Unless Bobby Lashley is a trained barber. Like... Is a savant. (laughs) Yeah. We we know that Trump can barely do anything else properly, so I don't think he's, like great at this you know no yeah um definitely not gonna give him the praise for it yeah uh i they do they start playing ball-headed blues or whatever that song is while it's happening which is pretty funny then they Um, yeah they put a bunch of shaving cream on vince's head austin's just drinking a beer over in the corner yeah uh and then uh you know uh Best moment in all of WWE happens. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin hits uh, Donald Trump with a stunner. And uh, yeah. Trump, like a big fucking idiot, uh, can't sell it properly. Yeah, he fucks it up. Um, he actually, actually, he sells it like Vince. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, which is apropos, I guess. Um, so they can, you know, they're made for each other. Fuck them both. <laughs> yeah. I will also say, as someone who had Bell's palsy... Um, I liked the line when King goes, JR, why are you smiling at Vince getting his head shaved? And JR goes, I'm not. I just have Bell's palsy. Okay. I, I can't like, smile that wide. <laughs> I was like, damn it. <laughs> like, like very funny, but also you just got to remind us about your Bell's palsy while we're just laughing at Vince getting his head shaved. It's perfect. Um, yeah, perfect. Love you, JR. Uh, I will say... It's better if, than him saying something was... racist or sexist. Like... <laughs> Oh, 100%. Um, I would say if it was possible at all to exclude the fact that this was Donald Trump, this would have been very entertaining and fun. It was. I, I gave it a three point. The match itself isn't great. I gave it a 3.75 just because it, like, it's not bad, but it just, it has some issues. It's a little overbooked. Yeah, it's it's overbooked, but like, I thought the storytelling in it was pretty fun and pretty solid with like the buildup of Umaga getting like, like, you know, torn apart by stone cold when he's breaking holds and stuff. And then eventually Umaga and Vince turning and then, uh, it looking like they're going to steal the win and all that stuff. Like I thought 
that was all fun. It's a good WrestleMania <laughs> spectacle match. Like it's yeah, the chair getting its entrance is funny. The whole shaving itself is on paper funny. Just it just has this like dark core of it being related to Donald Trump that makes it just not as funny as it could be. You just you laugh and then you feel bad, you know. Yeah, and so it's like it it sucks because I think this is like a pretty solid, like funny WrestleMania moment and whatever. It just is so soured and ruined at this point. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it has stone cold. So who yeah. doesn't love that? I mean, it still gave us my favorite gif like of all time. Yeah. Donald Trump taking a stone cold stunner. Yeah. So at least we've got that. Uh, then we get, uh, a video pack. Uh, there's a John Cena all grown up video, then a video package recapping the dark match. Uh, then enter the Lumberjills. For some reason, hey. they're Lumberjills. You know, a totally real term. <laughs> um, good job, I guess. Uh, we yeah. got a Lumberjill match for the women's title between Melina and Ashley. Yep. Uh, so. This is a super short match, but I'll just run through my notes. Uh, JBL won't shut up about how sexy the Divas are, which really bodes well for how this match is going to go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I have... my. I'm just going to say my one note. It is dot, dot, dot. Are you kidding me? I haven't even written a note yet, and the match is over. Yeah, I paused a lot to write notes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, I was in the process of writing one note and the match ended. Uh, so I, I just have a note here. By the way, uh, Total Nonstop Action TNA had uh, just started forming their women's division at the time. Officially, they had had women involved before, but they were officially forming their division. Later that year, they would have their first uh, match for the their knockouts title. Uh, but that division included people like Gail Kim, Awesome Kong, Jacqueline, who Jacqueline is a former WWE diva, and uh, ODB, who are all fantastic female wrestlers that uh, WWE probably could have had access to before this if they had just been willing to let women wrestle instead of yeah, doing I this. Will, I will also say that one of those lumberjills is Mickey James, who is a great wrestler and could actually give a good wrestling match. Yeah, who? But she's subjected to being a lumberjill. For who, yeah, a a Playboy playmate who later on to to note leaves WWE and goes and works for TNA and wins the Knockouts Championship and is one of has a fantastic run over there. Like yeah, exactly. Just uh, another another like yeah, disappointing so, but not surprising women's division of WWE at this time. So um, Ashley is. She won Diva Search and then was also a cover model for Playboy. Is that yep. that's it? That's yep. the character. That's the character. Okay, cool. Um, she starts the match keeping her hat on. Great. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, the Lumberjills kind of get used once when uh, Melina rolls out and almost immediately gets thrown back in. Um. Yeah, 
I have a note here. Uh, Michael Cole and JBL seem like they don't want to call the action in the ring. They just they want to talk about other stuff. So they do. Uh, Ashley hits a super sloppy Hurricane Rana. And then there's a real sloppy uh, roll through on a pin and then a bridge. That's the win. Yeah, and the bridge is even fully like locked in by the time it, the count finishes. Yeah, it's um, it's bad. And, I give this a one, but I don't give it my worst match of the night, which is that I went into this knowing it was going to be bad. Whereas <laughs> Kane versus Great Kali, I didn't think was going to be bad. And then was more so that it truly just out of a disappointment, uh, like standpoint. I understand that. I am still going to give this my sad face to the show because there's literally not a single thing I can say was good in this. Like not a one. So no, it's, it's awful. I'm giving it the sad face of the show. Then after the match, there's this random weird brawl where all the women's just fight on the fight in the ring and JBL just loses his mind like a 13 year old child. And, uh, that's it. That's the women's division. (laughs) Yep. My, my take was, I knew that it was going to be this when I was like, okay, they're still calling them divas. We don't have the Bella, the Bella twins and AJ Lee aren't here yet. And China's long gone. So we know exactly what to expect. <laughs> like that's yeah. <laughs> Sorry. N- no offense. You know, there's other people, there's Lita, there's, you know, Trish, Trish Trash, like, James, but they're, unless their name is on it, <laughs> I'm not expecting much. And even sometimes when their names are on it and not be- just because they aren't always given time, you know? Yeah. But, when I was like, oh, Ashley versus Melina in a lumber jill match. Great. This is gonna go three minutes and it's yeah. all of it's gonna So I just I had my set expectations. Whereas Kane we know is a very, very good wrestler and didn't put on a great match. So Yeah. I mean I a part of me feels a little guilt because this is I I know I gave I think one or two other women's matches my sad face of the show before. Um, I know for I don't remember if I know for sure I gave the Kelly Kelly Maria Menounos one mm-hmm. uh, that and then I maybe have given another. Um, but on my defense, I like women's wrestling and I think it's uh, I I hate seeing when it's super bad and lazy and not treated seriously. So even if I just like have to keep hating on these matches, I'm going to keep doing it because when I see good women's matches, I'm like, this is what you could be doing and could have been doing for so long. And you have yeah. not done that. So. Yeah. If you think we don't like women's wrestling, uh, go over to the film practice feed, listen to our backdoor pilot for this show, which is our WrestleMania 36 review. And listen to how we talk about the, uh, SmackDown women's champion, uh, five pack challenge, the, uh, NXT women's championship match and the raw women's championship match as well as the uh, women's uh, tag team titles match. All of those have glowing reviews and they don't even all have like the best women in the world in wrestling, but like they're given the time, you know? Yeah. Alexa bliss isn't a stellar wrestler. She's, she's good. She's just not, you know, hold on one second. Alexa went off. 
Oh, because <laughs> you said Alexa Bliss. That's I funny. keep doing this where um, I record and I mention her and it sets off freaking echo. That's funny. Um, I was just going to say that I don't even think listeners think that of us, but um, per se, but you know, I just, for my own thinking, I'm like, man, I gave another women's match my sad face to the show, no. but it's because it's, it's bad and we've seen good wrestling, women's wrestling. Yeah, so we have. That That's all, that's all I got to say about it. You know, for fun. Also, uh, shout out to when, you know, I think it was the last episode when we talked about the Sasha Banks Bailey match too at Hell in a Cell. Yeah. The one. Great match. Amazing match. For fun, one day we'll just cover the uh, Trish versus Lita match from Raw. Like, yeah, for sure. Raw match. Like, the. Yeah. The one that main evented. Yes. Yeah. Great match. Yeah. Uh, then we get a Shawn Michaels all grown up. Uh, video package and then we get a Cena and HBK recap video and then it's time for Shawn Michaels versus John Cena for the WWE Championship our main event for the night are you ready doom doom comes out with the DX theme yeah uh, which I do have the note here sexy boy greater than Degeneration X theme uh, my note counters that I prefer the DX theme. I think it's weird that he comes out with it. And I think it's especially since John Cena is his current tag team champion partner. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't make sense really that he comes out with the DX theme. He's not even in DX attire, but the DX theme is my, my personal favorite. And I think I, and I have it over the, the sexy boy theme. No, I want, I want it's WrestleMania. Sean should come out to, it's it's a banger. It's a banger. We can disagree on this because we need to talk about the rest of the match. Okay, I know we're going long, but I have one more thing to say, and I'm sorry, but I was gonna say this, and I did not expect this episode to be long. Um, when I was in fifth grade, I don't think you know this. When I was in fifth grade, they had a talent show, and I entered that talent show, and what I did was I sang word for word the D Generation X theme song. Do you have a video of this? I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. I don't think my parents recorded it. I think they just went. But I can ask. Um, if you find was... video of this ever, I will. We will make a tier on Patreon just so you can get the video. Just so you can get it. It would be like $100 or something. Um, this is like uh, Rihanna it's... told me that she has that in middle school or elementary school, she sang uh, Demi Lovato's La La Land at a uh, at a talent show <laughs> and then proceeded uh, to tell me there wasn't video of it. Why are you people doing this to me? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I feel like uh, it's just, you know, it's scarring. I totally forgot that I did this until... We were, I was watching this mania and the DX theme hit and I was like, hell yeah. And I was saying all the words and I was like, oh, I forgot I know all these words. And then I was like, oh, wait, because I had to memorize them because I had to sing it for my fifth grade talent show. Oh. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's also my been very, love for the DX theme. I know it's not the WWE way when uh, two guys who are tag partners fight each other, uh, but they should have brought their tag titles out to the ring with them, too. So. Yeah, I, I would have liked that too. Uh, I like it when a guy who's in a tag team is going into a singles match and he has his tag belt with him. Like, 
it works. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the Cena Mustang entrance is iconic in WrestleMania Im- imagery, but it's also kind of dumb. TV I ag- I agree with that too. I, I you know it, I get that it makes sense because they're in Detroit and they're in Ford Field, so they have a Ford Mustang. But when it happened, it like rewatching it, it looked pretty dumb. And when he crashed, it looked more like an accident than it did like a cool thing. And then his music hit and he walked out and it was like, okay, that was a big old waste of time. So yeah, yeah, it, well, was, it was pretty dumb. So there's clearly a video with a stunt driver and then they cut to like him pulling in and then he stops and then he nearly burns out. <laughs> first of all, <laughs> yeah. then he goes through the glass and nearly hits the wall. <laughs> yeah. It like straight up all looks like an accident. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was, it was dumb, but it is iconic. I understand. Uh, yeah, sorry. The marks, uh, the match starts off pretty solid. HBK invites Cena to shake hands. Cena won't shake hands. So HBK slaps him. I wrote HBK a lot. (laughs) And my, I should have, I wrote Sean. Nah, you gotta go to three letters. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Uh, good strikes, lots of chops. We get. Uh, we already talked about the Cena sucks chance, and then it evolves into the Let's go Cena. Cena sucks. Cena sucks. Good stuff always. Um, yeah. I will say, HBK starts by out wrestling Cena at the start of this match. HBK finishes out wrestling Cena for this match. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Shawn Michaels. Uh, this is not a hot take to say is a better wrestler than John Cena. What? Um, <laughs> uh, I I thought one thing that I really enjoyed was Shawn Michaels working the the leg of Cena the yeah. whole time. Uh, before and we get, before he like starts working thing. the leg, there's one part where he tosses Cena out of the ring, and it looks like he kind of drops him on the apron, not on purpose. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> and that. But I then immediately came back to love Shawn Michaels because he hits a beautiful enziguri, and then uh. A springboard moonsault and it just Yeah, the so springboard good. moonsault was so was so good and I think um I I love the camera angle of it. Like, yeah, it's the, it's the shot so they got of it lo- made it look real sick. Um then once uh HBK starts going for the leg, there's a part where they get into the corner and you can see it's obvious that Cena's making calls for the match to Sean about what they're gonna do, which is obvious but also I kind of prefer it to like the ultra pre-planned matches that we get sometimes like today. Like it is nice to see them talking to each other in the ring and making like, so it's like, it's come, it's one of those, like once you know it's happening, it's cool to see it. At least that's how I feel. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I think, I don't know if that's how other people feel. It's how I feel about like movies and stuff too. When you can catch like, yeah, no, I, I agree with it. I agree with that too. I think one of the best things about um, being a wrestling fan is like the more stuff you learn and the more things you see. Like it's it's like it to a lot of people it, it might be less engaging because it looks it's like more fake or whatever. But I think like for people like us, it's like more interesting because it looks more impressive. Because then you're like, oh, well now I'm seeing how it's coming together physically from them, and like that's like that's. Uh, that's cool. You know? Yeah. Um, I think there's also like, 
some weird like philosophical wrestling theory of like is it better to just like improvise and call ma- call moves like in the match or is it better to pre-plan um uh like matches and and spots in, in general or whatever like cuz i know i re- i know specifically i remember an interview i um i saw with Rob Van Dam where he said that he always preferred like improv um like matches where he could like just talk to the wrestler and call it and like kind of play together um but when he went to the WWE, the WWE they like focused more on a lot of pre-planning and spot um um of spots and stuff and there's just a lot of like thoughts about both of those um and like which is better which is worse i don't think there's an answer and i'm not taking a side on either but um that's just more commenting on what you were saying with yeah. like more recent matches there are a lot of like pre-planned yeah i mean it's it's you know take it how you will it's you know Shawn michaels pre-planning and... yeah pre-planning's a lot safer which is yeah. nice yeah and it's it's different philosophies it's you know the philosophy of guys like Stone Cold Steve Austin and uh, HBK and other people like that versus the philosophy of, of equally great guys like the Young Bucks. Like there's there's merits to both, and you can yeah put on there's a good a, show. There's definitely that. not a there's not a wrong way to do it. Yeah. It's all impressive. Uh, so he starts working over the leg. Uh, they start kind of going at each other in the corner. Uh, there is one part where Sean starts talking to Cena and. Seems like they killed the mic. I don't know what happened there. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. No, I know this. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I, I also don't know what they're saying. Yeah. Uh, doesn't seem like anyone knows. So. Uh, okay. Because even commentary is like, I don't know what they were saying to each other. And you're like, oh, okay. So it may have just been a technical difficulty. Um, then uh, HBK hits the ring post, gets busted open. And Cena's leg miraculously healed, and he can suddenly uh, shoulder tackle, run the ropes, do an FU, you know. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> hate that. <laughs> I hate it when that happens in Cena matches. Yep. It doesn't... It, and there's there's a moment after this that um, uh, echoes what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, HBK you know takes... Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. He takes... So, Sean takes a five knuckle shuffle and then clearly mad that like Cena isn't selling. He's like, he's bumping, but he's not like selling the injuries and has clearly just mm-hmm. forgotten that his leg was worked over. He just yeah. sells an Irish whip, like a clown <laughs> and like, you know, bounces over the, the ring post. And you're like, thanks. Passive aggressive Sean Michaels for yeah. doing it. But, uh, I will say, uh, Mike Kyoto gets super kicked and he didn't deserve that at all. Yeah. R.I.P. Kyoto is what I had written down. That was, uh, you know, that was sad for our guy. Yeah. Uh, um, cool spot. Sean Michaels had a really good, uh, really good DDT counter yeah, too. The DD, the countering the FU with the DDT. Um, then Cena takes a spike pile driver on the ring steps and gets, uh, the back of his head busted open. Um, we get a new ref and then there's a near fall and then this is when the pace really picks up and it's hard to like keep up with all the spots yeah um, uh, what's the spot you were talking about where he uh, like about the the not selling the leg 
Oh, that's after the match. Um, oh, at the uh, end. Yeah. Oh, I just yeah, because I was gonna say. Um, do, do you want to talk about it now, or oh, we'll just, just wait. We'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Okay. Uh, there's a good elbow drop that I have here. Time to tune up the band. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Did we did we skip over the pile driver on the steps? No, we have the pile, pile oh, okay. driver on the steps, and then the new raft shows up. Okay, okay. Because HBK gets away with the pile driver on the steps because Mike Kyoto's out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then Cena avoids a sweet chin music by hitting a flying clothesline. HBK kicks out of an FU. Then the pace, like, super picks up. There's a lot of counters. It's actually pretty good at that point. Uh, yeah, it was fun. Michaels gets was out like the, countering the SDF a bunch of times. Yeah, uh, the rope break when uh, to break the STFU is gets a huge pop, uh, and because Cena won't break at first, the ref starts yelling at him, and then he ducks out of the way, and HBK hits him with a sweet chin music. So, all good for that. All there yeah. for that, and then Cena kicks out, uh, and then he. Cena hits him with a STFU and uh, HBK taps. Uh, oh, that's what I was. Yeah, I've got it. My note here where I say HBK counters an FU with a DDT is a sentence I would have never written or understood uh, before I got into wrestling. So, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's it's like a like a bunch of uh, secret notes or whatever. Yeah, that that's what it sounds like. Uh, so then I mean. So HBK tap Cena retains the championship. I gave this a four point five out of five. Thought it was a lot of fun, uh, even though it has some issues. Wow, I I agree. I also really liked it. I just the the way you were describing the match, I was like expecting a lower grade. But I am more around to what you're saying because I also was like, um, while it had its its like bumps and stuff, it was still like pretty engaging. I thought like from the Mike Kyoto hit on, it was like pretty exciting yeah. for the most part. That, and that's the issue is that it's so fast paced, especially after Mike Kyoto gets hit that like, it's hard to write all the things I like. So I'm sitting there just like, okay, I got to write the yeah. things I don't like. And then defend this match later. Yeah. Um, I went ahead and gave this my thumbs up of the night. Um, uh, it was between this or the money in the bank. And, that's um, I, it was, it was close, but I just, I mean, I just really like, um, Shawn Michaels matches. And I think the, as good as the money in the bank was, it was like not my, like not the best money in the bank I've seen. So it's a little like, you know, meta thinking of it. It was, it was close, but I went with this one just because I thought it was like the proper main event for this, for the show. Like it was like, not only was it the WWE title, but like these two wrestlers, like, put on a good enough match to where it like it established itself as being like the last match on the card, which as we've seen doing this podcast, sometimes that's not the case yeah. a lot of times. So I gave it uh, props for that. I loved the energy and the pacing of this match a lot. Um, and uh, you know, I think Shawn Michaels does so much while like, you know, Cena um has these like problems or whatever, I think is still like, you know, competent enough to once it's, once the match starts getting going and uh, starts picking up, he's able to like match it enough. Um, 
not so much earlier when he's like kind of, uh, I think Sean is doing a lot of the heavy work. Um, I think once it kicks up later on that like Cena starts becoming like, starts be looking like a better wrestler. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think I'm going to, I'm pretty sure this is my favorite Cena WrestleMania match. Um, That's fair. That's it's fair. definitely not my favorite Shawn Michaels one. And we probably know which one that is. Yeah. Um, but this we'll is a really it. good Cena WrestleMania match. Um, yeah. It is tied uh, rating wise with Money in the Bank for me. But I overall picked Money in the Bank as my best match of the night. So yeah, that that's kind of where I'm at too. Where like I think about them both the same, but I gave a this great one a slight start edge and a great for being finish, a good main event. A great start and a great finish. Great start and a great oh, finish yeah. to the whole event. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Uh, um, what I was going to say is a little bit after the win, Shawn Michaels is, you know, limping out of the arena uh, or li- limping out of the ring and going back. And John Cena runs over to him to offer up a handshake. And uh, Shawn Michaels rejects it and keeps on walking, um, uh, still rejecting the handshake. Uh, I knew this fact <laughs> um, for a while. Um, but oh, I remember like it real when life I saw heat? this. Real life that was a here? real life rejection. The the written thing was supposed to be that Shawn Michaels rejects his handshake at the beginning of the match, but when Cena like puts on a good show and properly beats him, then Shawn earns his respect and then actually gives him a handshake at the end. As as far as like a you earn my respect by beating me kind of thing. Um, but Shawn Michaels was so pissed that John Cena w- stopped selling his leg being hurt and like stopped it halfway through the match that he was legitimately pissed off at, at John Cena afterwards that he uh went he like broke that story beat and actually rejected his handshake and left. That was yeah. not that was not uh, a fake out. That was a legitimate wow. like that was legitimate heat. Well there we go. Uh we and get, that goes to what you were saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's the end of that. Uh, then we get a WrestleMania's All Grown Up video package set to The Memory Will Never Die by Canadian rock band Default. Of course. And then <laughs> yeah. a full recap video uh, with the actual theme song, Ladies and Gentlemen, by Saliva. Uh, yeah. Which overall, is a good wrap-up. Yeah. Overall, like I said, my best match of the night is Money in the Bank. My worst match is The Great Khali versus Kane. Uh Phoenix, you already yeah, said my, your. Uh, yeah, my favorite was the Cena Michaels. My least favorite was the Lumberjill uh, Melina Ashley match. I gave this Mania a seven out of ten. I was cl- between a six and a seven, um, but I went with a six um, because a lot of things don't age well. <laughs> this WrestleMania, um, Trump, Benoit, Crime Time, Eugene. <laughs> Uh, expose lumberjill match. I was like, this is too much problematic stuff uh, uh, for me, so I'm just gonna drop it back to a six. That get, I'm a sucker for a good beginning and a good ending. So went went yeah went glass half full there. Uh, that's that's fair. I understand. All right, Phoenix, tell the people where they can find you on the internet. All right, you can find me at BombassPhoenix on Twitter. I hope to tweet things you like. You can also find me at BAPhoenix on TikTok, which I will be going back to sometime soon. Uh, you can find me on the internet at Robbie DeShazer pretty much anywhere. Uh, 
And then you can follow our other shows, Tapheads and Film Fracas, at their respective places on the internet. Follow 5208 Media. Follow this show at Mania Moments Pod on Twitter. Uh, we'll be back with another episode in two weeks. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, anything else to say, Phoenix? Uh, break it down. Do 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 do. Can you do the do, DX do, theme do. for us real quick? <laughs> I insert my talent show family video. No, just do it right uh, now. Just acapella it. Uh, degenerate into something fools. You just got tired of doing what they told to do, and that's the breaks, boy. Yeah. For the rest, you gotta pay that hundred dollar Patreon. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, like I said, we'll be back another time. Thanks, guys. Fifty-two oh eight media.